Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry, and this is our podcast where we give you a behind-the-scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics, and please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. You want a dish? I want a dish on it. Like uh, Trish dish? Trish's dish? Was that what it is on uh, Jessica Jones? Trish the dish? The dish with Trish? We're just going to dish it with Trish it? Just dish it out, Jerry. <laughs> dish it out. Snarf Talk, just number nine, oh. in the house. You got me that time. I got you. I know. I was just talking about dishing it. Yeah. Oh, we got all that. We got it's that. all recorded. Oh, there we go. You guys are going to hear the dish with Chris. Yeah. That should be a new segment. <laughs> the dish with Chris. The, with Chris. I can talk about like all the gossip and the goings on. Oh, for our, in, uh, in the area? Yeah, for our in listeners county? in California and whatnot. They'd be real excited about that, I'm That's sure. That's true. I, I'm excited about it, and I live here. So, uh, today... We're just going to be yeah doing whatever. I've got a bunch of news topics that yeah. I want to cover. And we're going to, we had a lot of feedback on our episode last week. So we're going to, yes. we had some listeners give us their top 10 TV show lists yep. and some other, um, other comments from other listeners. So we're yep. going to go over some of that. Quite a bit of feedback. I didn't realize that. I mean, everybody likes TV shows. Oh I, yeah. I get that, but I didn't think it would have that much. Well, Jerry, like it's just gravitas. so much more accessible to people than our comic book pursuits. I agree. It it is. It Speaking is. of comic book pursuits, how's that coming along? Um, <laughs> has like anything happened? Ours? Yeah. No. Has have you? Uh, not really. No. No. We'll get it. We're good <laughs> at this stuff, so we'll get it after your after my trip. vacation. Yeah, after your trip. So, news you could use. You guys um, you guys are used to hearing our procrastination, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, that's all right. You guys will get it. I mean, We would like you guys to comment and sure. send us some feedback and try and keep us on the ball here. Yeah, I would Just love randomly um, tweet us or tell us how we're being procrastinated. For sure. I would love that because um, I need the encouragement. I really do. In order to get really anything done, I... I don't know. I just need the encouragement, like outside encouragement. I can't encourage myself enough to get it done even though I want to do it. It's weird. But also, like I said before in a previous episode, I am getting super tired at night when I'm at home. Like here, I drank a five-hour energy before I came here, so I'm ready to rock. But at home, once the kids are asleep, if I sit down at all, I'm done. I'm done for. I like just want to go back to sleep and... I'm usually not like that, um, but recently, boy, I've been miserable. I, I hate sleeping too. First off, such I think a waste it's of time. so yes, it's such a waste of time. It's so annoying that we have to sleep. <laughs> like, wh- come on, let, just let me stay up forever, twenty four hours a day. I, I wish we could choose. I wish we could choose. So let's say you need 
you know, okay, you get eight hours a night. N- nobody gets that. No adult gets eight hours a night. If you do, boy, you're lucky. Um, I think a I lot wish of we people could choose and, and like pick one day, like out of a month, you could just like pick one day to sleep and get your hours of sleep in that you need. And then you don't need any for like, like you two can weeks. Bank them up. Yeah. Like, we could write a comic book about that. Like banking sleep. It's a good idea. I think it is a good idea. Um, trademark, um, yeah. copyright, Chris Snarf and Jerry, Snarf, yeah, snarfcomics.com. So that's a good idea Snarf for talk. a superpower guy who can bank up his sleep. Yeah, and use it whenever he needs to, to fight evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's fighting probably Nazis. I read something one time about sleep and like, um, I think it was a podcast with a sleep doctor that was on um, Joe Rogan. A sleep doctor? Yeah. And he was talking about... um. How that's like one of the biggest health crises in America is lack of sleep. Pe- people not getting enough sleep, and you need like seven to eight to nine, seven to nine hours of sleep a night I to be healthy. It. And if you get less than that, you like your risks of all these diseases and cancers go through the roof. I'm telling you, that's why I really truly believe all the people that work swing shifts, like I used to, uh, have a lot of health problems oh, later in life. Um, there's actually a no doubt correlation between yeah. swing, swing shift and cancer. Oh, really? Yeah. No kidding. And definitely shorter life But there's guys that I, I had worked with. There was a, uh, one guy that retired. He he had done where he rotated every week like I used to do. Uh, he, he did it for 27 years straight of just of rotating every single week. Because the shift you worked before that, you'd have three weeks of days. So you, you'd work a day shift three weeks in a row and then rotate from afternoons to midnights. But once you got a promotion you rotated every single week so you did make more money because of the shift differential but either way he did it for 27 years and by the time he retired boy he was jacked up like just everything about him he couldn't sleep like there was no way he could even sleep he had to take medicine for that percentage of our audience is uh swing shift workers because they listen to us at night well yeah that's true i mean and i i didn't honestly mind it i i did it for seven years and it was something I got used to, and I did somewhat enjoy afternoons and midnights from time to time, but I don't know. It's hard with because, kids. I yeah, mean. it is. It's hard, but um, there's just something about being on a normal shift that's I'd just I'd be interested better. to see the data if it's the swing shift itself that causes um, the decreased, you know, more the more problems health-wise, or if... It's a, cor- a matter of correlation, not eating, uh, equaling causation, and the fact that if you happen to work a swing shift, you typically have a less healthy lifestyle. Lifestyle, I, or you tend to yeah, I think so. And smoke I smoke more, drink more, do whatever more yeah, because you know, definitely you don't eat right because you're dealing with the stress of all that. So yeah, I'd, you, I'd be interested to see if, what the underlying cause is. If it actually has to do with the, actually the sleep function of mm-hmm. when your body's meant to sleep, or if it's ancillary you know, things. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I didn't sleep normal at all. I mean, I would only get like little chunks of sleep. You know what I mean? Like I'd get, especially on midnights. If I worked a lot of midnights, I would get, you know, three hours here, two hours there, four hours here. But really the longest I would ever sleep in one stretch when I was on midnights was like four to five hours. And I'd never get any more than that. Five hours was like a triumph to sleep if i slept five in a row um it was dr matthew walker on joe rogan i think 
He was a sleep expert and neuroscientist. It was interesting. The guy was cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. He was big but, into sleeping. Anyway, I don't know how we got on that tangent. Besides, it's, it's going to be a superpower, and we're going to write a comic book, and it's going to sell millions of copies. The news, Jerry. News. Give me the news. So, I've been wanting the news. This week, uh, another Bill Maher thing came out. Oh, I bet I saw a little bit about that. So Bill Maher put his foot in his mouth again, because apparently he hates adults that read comic books or have anything to do with comic books. I hate Bill Maher. I just, I'm not a big fan of his. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I actually, he can be funny at times. Sure. And whatever, but in general, I'm not a fan of his. He's um, just kind of a, kind of an asshole. Yeah. Bully. He is. So he was making fun of, uh, of Kevin Smith. Yeah, that's right. So he came out and was making fun of Kevin Smith about like wearing hockey jerseys and this is what adults look like that watch comic book or read comic books and well first of all this all started with him ragging on stanley yeah originally he ragged on stanley and said that it was ridiculous that any adult would watch uh or read comic books and watch comic book movies oh i think it was okay here's what it was america is in mourning deep deep mourning for a man who inspired millions to i don't know watch a movie i guess i don't think it's a huge stress stretch to suggest that donald trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important yes he said that right after stanley died it was like the day after he died that's, and that's what he came out with i mean so come on. At, immediately after that kevin smith had came back with a, like a rebuttal of what bill maher said about how like how stanley is just good he's just a he was a good person like well look at that he did everything good created around him exactly and we had talked about that in, a, in another episode but this one he Again, like talked about Kevin Smith. And, oh yeah, he said. Um, but but Joe Casada first. Joe Casada came out, um, and he said he said I've watched I watched at Bill Maher from time to time. Been in the audience as well. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't always find him funny, and no one's happier than me that at the Kevin Smith is done with those damn hockey jerseys. Is he? Yeah, he's not wearing them anymore. Oh, that's, I like this. I and he said, this. my boy's looking sexy these days. Um, and so Kevin Smith came back and he says, uh, let's see, let me find where I put it. Bill Maher influence. Oh man, I should have had this organized better. I thought I did. Well, anyway, um, cause Rob Liefeld. Oh, here it out. is. I found okay, it. Go ahead. He says, uh, it was like it was just like a matter of hours before Kevin Smith said something in response to Bill Maher from what Bill Maher said. But he said, yes, at Bill Maher took a shot at me during his show last night. In the midst of this latest rant about the real Stan Lee and adults who like comic books, uh, no, I'm not mad at Bill. Uh, or No, not, I'm not mad at all. Bill may talk tough, but he's a stoner like me and a real pussycat when he's confronted. And so that's all Kevin Smith said. And then he linked a video of him when he was on a show. Yeah. And then, uh, but then Joe Casada is, then he wrote the thing about Kevin Smith uh, not wearing a a thing anymore. And he said, uh, then Kevin said, I wasn't done with the hockey jerseys at Joe Casada. The hockey jerseys were done with me. But we still text each other on rainy days or whenever uh, we're feeling sentimental. One night we tried a hockey jersey booty call, but it just wasn't the same anymore. We'd both changed. So the only reason he switched not wearing the hockey jerseys anymore, he wears like a uh, like a um, blazer, yeah, you know, or a sport coat. coat. 
and it's because he lost weight. And I think it honestly, I think it was a Weight Watchers thing. Uh, Weight Watchers was. Well, I think that's dumb because that was one of my favorite things about him: is the fact that he always wore hockey jerseys. But yeah. Anyway, then Rob Liefeld, creator of Deadpool, um, tweeted at Bill Maher. Oh, he did. Yeah, he said, uh, "Appreciate your point of view. I'd like to suggest comics written by Alan Moore or Frank Miller." The writing and storytelling are outstanding. Watchmen, Swamp Thing, Dark Thing, Dark Knight Returns, and any Frank Miller Daredevil are gold standards of illustrated literature. Right, he's right. Yeah, so <laughs> it's ridiculous. In the same tweet sesh that they were all going through, uh, Joe Casado wasn't done. He came back uh, after that, and while he was tweeting, and he said, "And at Bill Maher, if you want to come as my plus one." And this is to the Stanley like remembrance. Oh, which was like that yesterday. Just, or yeah, today. just happened. He said, uh, "Hey, at Bill Maher, if you want to be my plus one, I promise I won't ask you to read a comic, but I will ask you to donate a bit to uh, to Hero and sign my copy of Iron Man three. Bill Maher was in Iron oh, Man yeah, three. That's right. uh, like he got paid to be in a comic book movie, right? And so Joe kind of kind of gave him a." backhanded compliment there or kind of a slap like hey sign my copy of iron man 3 that you got paid for and think i think comic books are dumb right <laughs> but well i think bill maher's dumb yeah i do too and i this doesn't this so doesn't wait, wait. affect why anything. is he part of some sort of elevated medium he's a comedian on tv he's a comedian but yet he's like a i don't even political know political comedian satire Okay, so why is that? It, I guess. Why is that more distinguished? It's not. Than, I don't think it's anything. distinguished at all. You know? I, I don't think anybody thinks Bill Maher is distinguished in anything he does. He obviously thinks he is. Well, he does, but I think that's part of his like character. You know what I mean? Like, not saying like his personal character, the character he's created that is Bill Maher. Right. And you know, I think that's just what he. That think that's just what he does, but nobody. Is taking him seriously, I don't think. No, and that's why I think the whole thing's ridiculous. Right, it is. I just thought it was funny that the the reason I put it up here is because, one, I wanted to, I liked what Kevin Smith said about his co- hockey jerseys. Well, I liked how Joe Casada was like, I'm done with those hockey jerseys. Get them out. Like, I, I'm glad you don't wear those anymore. Kevin Smith responded with, like, yeah, I am done with them, but not completely. And then I liked how Joe Casada was like, "Hey, come with me to Stanley's Remembrance and sign my copy of Iron Man 3. Right. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, next big thing was that, and this is a first. I just, that wait, I'd... going back to that. So, okay, if Bill Maher, his big thing is like he's into politics and the news, right? So mm-hmm. that's like real. That's real. That's worthwhile to him. Sure. You really think CNN or Fox News or any of these? cable news companies are anything different than entertainment not anymore no it's purely um that's all they i, I really do believe they, that's they're all they're taking are. maybe the hint of a topic mm-hmm. exaggerating it telling one side and then only picking out the things that prey on human emotions like fear and drama yeah that cause reaction it's reactionary news it's no different than any scripted, I mean, it's it's less. I would it, argue it that it's le- it's not an art form. It's just uh, tabloid fodder. That's what the news and politics is at this point. Yeah, and it's it is preying on people's emotions. But like, if that's what if, they do, if you're going to sit there and suggest that, oh, that's real, that's real. The 
the CNN and Fox no. News stories about some stupid political thing that was a drama to begin with. Yeah. And then it was exaggerated by all these ridiculous reporters and lobbyists and the, the whole machine of the po- political machine. Yeah. The and whole then it trickles idea. down through all these filters of people's opinions on these stupid news channels. Yeah. And then it gets to us and everybody's sitting here and go, oh, that's, that's journalistic integrity. <laughs> Right there. No, that's no. entertainment garbage. The whole idea of it's all a reality of these channels show. is to yeah, is, is to make it a reality show. They want to be as far left or right or whatever uh, as they can be to cause the reaction to make you comment on it. To it, it's no, so that people come back and see what they. It's it's just like I mean anything on yeah reality television or on social media. It's just. It's all reactionary content that makes you want to come back so that you can say, like, the next time you could be like, oh, I told you they were going to do this. Or, yeah. or I knew I knew this is where they were going to go with that. Well, it's clickbait, too. That's, yeah. And also, though, it's, tri- it's, it's preying on tribalism. So this ridiculous notion of my team versus your team. Mm-hmm. But my, my whole point in it is it's reality TV. I don't even think it's as good as maybe it's on the same level as a well-produced reality. TV no, it's show. not. It's, I like survivor. It's <laughs> I think survivor is great. So, That's why it's been on for so, so long. Politics. I'm not even talking about CNN, Fox news. I'm not talking about the news now. I'm talking about just politics in general mm-hmm. has become a reality show. It is. Yeah. Okay. So it's the bachelor. Okay. And you're trying to tell me that that guy's not a virgin. I'm telling you right now. I haven't now, watched it. I don't know. I, don't I just know have heard. I've never watched it either, but he claims to be a virgin. Give me a break. I mean, I've seen bud. The Bachelor, but not this season. I've seen virgins. They don't act like you. Anyway. Well, my point is, okay, a comic book, a movie, a television show, whatever, that somebody has imagined, mm-hmm. created, written, all right, and then directors and cinematographers or artists, in that case, bring that to life. And a whole conglomeration of people work in artistic pursuits yeah. to put this entertainment forward to tell a story that can engage you emotionally. To me, whether right. it's a comic book, a movie, or a television show, that isn't something to be... You, you shouldn't take uh, basically politics and journalism, which has become tabloid reality TV or news fodder, whatever, whatever you want to call it, and say that's a more worthwhile endeavor than an artistic creation on the other side that, you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I honestly believe that more goes into more goes into a real or it's not real, but a reality TV show more goes into that to try to make it real than I think the news is putting into their news nowadays. And it, that's really sad. I just, I don't, I don't really trust. And then like the whole thing of like, so that's another thing. It's like people can look down on whatever they want and say, oh, that's not a worthwhile pursuit and be like, okay, I mean, but that's your opinion. But that's like just your opinion, man. Right. Yeah, man. <laughs> is that from the Big Lebowski? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just is. like your opinion, man. man. <laughs> All no, right. It's just the whole thing is dumb. This anyway. isn't a political show, Chris. And you're I'm not trying to be you're political. Just being I just so political. I just right hate now. Bill Maher. Go ahead. Go on. Next. News number two. It is. They shared, well, Margot Robbie shared a first look at her Harley Quinn in the movie Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah. When does that come out? So, Birds of Prey, uh, let's see. It is, it's supposed to open in theaters on February 7th, 2020. Okay, next year. Which is wild to me because Shazam comes out on April 5th. This year? Yeah. 
Okay. But Wonder Woman 1984 doesn't come out until June 5th, 2020. Oh, really? I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I am too, but I really thought it was... I mean, we've seen things from this movie months ago. The beginning of the year, we I saw Kristen Wiig dressed up as yeah. uh, Cheetah, you know, or wh- whoever That's the from, lady she's going to yeah, be. Yeah. But, um, I, I wasn't a big fan of the first Wonder Woman movie. I think it got I way it. over... I liked it a the lot. The third act was awful. Third, yes, because it was a Scott Snyder verse uh, or uh, Zack Snyder verse. I'm, I'm sorry, Scott Snyder. You're no, our, still our favorite human being. I, yeah, you are. Zack Snyder. You're not. Zack you're Snyder not verse. Zack Snyder. You're a much better writer, I think. Um. Yeah. Anyway, beginning of it was pretty good, though. Yeah, it was. But this, so this Birds of Prey movie, I didn't realize was coming out this soon. Um, they're projected to start production like beginning this month. But it includes like Black Canary, Huntress, Renee Montoya, uh, Margot Robbie's a producer of the film as well, which I didn't know she was doing that. Um, but she's going to be Harley Quinn, obviously. Uh, let's see. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Huntress. Okay. Uh, Journey Sommelier Bell as Black Canary. I don't know who that is. I'd have to look her up. Uh, and Ella J. Basco as Cassandra Kane, the founding members of the girl gang like vigilante team called the Birds of Prey. Rosie Perez also stars as the Gotham City detective Renee Montoya. Wait. Rosie Perez has been in a lot of stuff. Isn't she? Wait a second. Isn't she on the Gotham show as the detective? I think so. Let's look. Are you looking her up? Yeah. Because I'm going to look her up if you don't. That would be weird if that was a but no, uh, it must so not the, be i must be wrong so the villain of this film is uh black mask oh yeah rosie press yeah she's in tons of stuff she's she been is around forever so the villain's black mask and it's going to reportedly it's being played by ewan mcgregor yeah color me intrigued yes that sounds really cool i'm a big fan of ewan mcgregor i am too i think this is going to be a really really good movie i think it'll do really well regardless of how really well the movie is. I think opening weekend is going to be huge for this because I know <clears throat> I know a ton of people love Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie as Har- Harley Quinn. That was the only successful part of Suicide Squad. Um, Did you know that Ben Affleck is officially no longer Batman? Yeah, that was part of my other uh, news stories. Well, it just popped up on the side of what I was just Well, reading. I'll go down and start reading that then. Okay, go to that. Where'd I put it? I think it's at the bottom. Hang on. Yes. So, I've got, it is, nope, not that. Compelling. Oh, it's Grant Morrison's birthday today, by the way. Oh. He's 59. He's that old? Yeah. God, he doesn't seem that old. He's 59 years old. So, okay, uh, the article that I read about, uh, it's big about how... Ben Affleck's like gonna be done and he's excited to see who takes over as Batman but he is done being Batman so this Batman movie the Batman Matt Reeves is directing it oh I like Matt Reeves he's taking a more detective role of Batman which makes me so happy if he does this well did Matt Reeves did he do like uh, the X-Men first class and yes I think he did do I think he did all of the new ones all three of those he did um, uh, Cloverfield Planet of the Apes the new the new Planet of the Apes movies oh I didn't Um, know he did the Planet of the Apes but I thought he did all the X-Men ones he is doing the Batman he did 
But so he revealed in an interview he like, wrote War for the Planet of the Apes. I, well, he's writing the Batman too. He wrote a bunch of Felicity. He's writing and directing. Um, he, he didn't do. I guess I thought he did the X Men movies, but I'm, I'm he wrong. didn't. I don't. I don't think so. No. Oh. But uh, he did Cloverfield. That's a. I, that was okay. And Planet of the Apes movies, which I thought were pretty good. Ten Cloverfield Lane was good. I saw that in theaters. That was a pretty good movie. John Goodman. Whew. That was good. That was a good movie. That was a really good movie. Yeah, John Goodman's like crazy. That was a creepy movie, too. Huh. It's really good. It's much better than the original Cloverfield. You know, I don't remember the original Cloverfield. I have it on uh, They played it Blu-ray. off as like a... It was like a, you know, like the handheld shot. I hate that. I don't like it either. Like a found footage movie? Mm-hmm. Can't stand it. Yeah, not good. There was this found footage comic book movie that was about these kids who had like powers... Um, and it was, I, I hated it. Chronicle. Chronicle. I think it was Chronicle. I think you're right. Was Chronicle. it the guy that ended up doing Fantastic Four? Yes. Uh, something, Jason, or And it was Justin a huge flop. Trunks, or Trank. Oh, Josh, Josh Trank. Trank. Josh Trank. I, I, I just it was remember in when my head. Fantastic Four was coming out, he was all over media podcasts, so and, I, and he came off as such a oh, asshole. Yeah, yeah a douche. I mean, I'm sure he isn't, I, if he listens. Mm, uh, right. Just <laughs> in case you listen, Josh if you Trank. listen, we'd love to have you Even on the podcast. Even though you've been blackballed out of everything Hollywood. He did put Michael B. Jordan in as the Human Torch. That was kind of cool. Yeah, he's really good at I that. never saw that movie. So, so real quick, my story about uh, the Batman and Matt Reeves. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, back to topic. He uh, said like he's going to make it a more detective, like noir type story which really intrigues me because batman is the greatest detective it's not gonna be like batman comes in just starts beating up people which i like too but it's gonna be a lot more about bruce wayne and batman like figuring stuff out rather than just coming in throwing punches Uh, but he also said he's gonna introduce like the whole rogues gallery so there's gonna be much more than just one villain it's gonna be a lot of villains uh in the same movie Hmm. Uh, which is really intriguing, but it says... What like, villain would you like to see get the big screen treatment? Man. Like in a new... start. Say they reset everything, and it doesn't matter what you've seen before. Like, if they're going forward, and they're doing the Batman, so let's assume it's more detective EA, and B, it's probably younger. You really... To me, and, it, and this is... Maybe some people will say this is a cop-out. I don't think it is. I really want to see... Gotham tried it. I really want to see a Court of Owls and Talon being like all the Talon okay. guys be involved with stuff. I think the way the comic book did Court of Owls, like w- the way Scott Snyder did Court of Owls, where he's like trapped down in this, like in these like tunnels and he's getting like beat up by people because he's somewhat drugged and he doesn't like know where he is. Um, that, that whole like scene i think it was like two comic books long like two issues long of him being like trapped and then trying to get his way out of this like what do you call it like a labyrinth yeah almost of 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 a maze down there because he was drugged and he didn't know how to get out of there i think seeing a movie where you see batman and bruce wayne like you literally use its his detective skills to figure out how the Court of Owls exist, how long they've existed because they've been running things for such a long time. 
and figuring out like piece by piece how he can dismantle this like group of people because it's not just one person, right? It's so like, many uh, different that would high be really good. That, and it'd be good a uh, trilogy. Oh, for sure, I you think. could do so many more movies than just the one. But even so, you could you could have the Court of Owls, but still have somebody on the outside of that that a completely different villain. You know, I think the Riddler would be a really good. That was what I was going to say. I think uh, if you did, if they him well, did the darker take, which we've seen yeah. more recently, yes, um, in, in uh, Zero Year, yeah, yeah, or even in like um, the video games, the Arkham oh, yeah. video games. I think that a, was a really good thing too, where he hid things all over the city. That was a good to, take on him. I, that yeah. would be good. I think um, that was going to be my number one, and then I I looked up here some just. To get some ideas. Um, Hush would be really good. Hush would be amazing. You could do that. Again, you could do that issue. those issues as like a whole movie. I mean, they are. They're making Hush as an animated movie. You yeah. know, well, it's I mean, like... Well, I mean, action, though. I know they've done Rachel Ghoul before, but they didn't do it very well. But, yeah. I, again, I don't, that's a tough one to translate. I mean, I'd love to see a Bane again. Um, it's a great villain. We, we haven't seen a Two-Face, a good one, really, at all. Mm-hmm. Like, if you made Two-Face more of the mobster? Yes. It, it, more of a... Like, Tommy Lee Tommy Lee Jones really... He really chewed up some scenery there with uh, yeah. being... I mean, he made himself bigger than life in every scene, and it was a little bit too much. A Hugo Strange. Hugo Strange be, would be right. really cool. I And if you did... Maybe it's cheesy, but I think if you did Mr. Freeze like they did in the animated series, I don't know. you could do I think you, you could, could do it. Because what if they did a Batman? How does a cartoon make a character like so, like, not necessarily admirable, but like make you feel bad for him? You felt bad for a cartoon character because of his wife being frozen, and you honestly saw like the the love he had for this woman and the only reason he's doing anything is for his wife. Right. And a cartoon did that in the nineties with like, it was a cartoon. It looked like it was a like a made for TV cartoon movie. And it Except was, it wasn't made for, well, yeah, no, that unbelievable. was unbelievable. Yeah. No, that was, that was a good one. Um, uh, it was called heart of ice. Wasn't it called heart of ice or something uh, like that? Um, that man, I think I the feel court like of I think that. he nailed it, the court of Owls. But it would be interesting. I just thought of I, to see a treatment of Batman versus Will Smith's Deadshot. That would be great too. But or, I don't, you can't do that as like a noir detective type. No, 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 no. Or a Deathstroke would be cool to see because yeah. he's a very Batman-ish character. So the article said that uh, Re- it says Reeves revealed in an interview with Hollywood Reporter, published Wednesday, that he is planning on util- utilizing a rogues gallery for his noir-inspired Batman movie. That will see the superhero earn his moniker as world's greatest detective. The Batman, which will cast a new Cape Crusader in the wake of Ben Affleck exiting the role, hits theaters on June 25th, 2021. Oh, that's a long time. So that's when they're projecting it because they haven't started anything with production or anything. <clears throat> we'll yet. get a hush movie before then. So, Which is great. That's that like will be fall, really so. great. What else you got? Well, Aquaman is officially. The highest grossing DC movie ever. That is pure insanity to me. Ever. I still haven't seen it. So it topped out last weekend at $1.09 billion. Wow. Uh, Dark Knight Rises had topped out 
all time at 1.08 billion, which was the highest grossing DC movie. So to put it like in a little bit of context, like what about Batman 89 adjusted for inflation? Well, I didn't do that. Okay. In whatever I was reading, it didn't adjust anything for inflation, but uh, the closest thing right now in like the, the DCEU right now, like the DC, uh, uh, what's it called? Extended universe or cinematic universe, whatever. Uh, it belongs to Wonder Woman. Like right now, in right. Like this is Zack Snyder verse, I guess you'd call it. Uh, Wonder Woman, it was at 821 million. No, there. I mean, I know Batman versus Superman broke a billion. No, the highest grossing one so far was Wonder Woman, the closest one to it, at 821 million. Wow. In the time frame. Yeah. Well, that, in the time frame from December 20th when it opened up, or 21st when it opened up to this last weekend. So what do you attribute this to? Because this is not a character that anybody cares about specifically. So is it Jason Momoa? So I think Jason Momoa is a big thing. Or is it came out of the holidays and, you know, the... All of them are usually put out around the holidays, aren't they? Not all of them. I guess, no, they were all put out around May. I will say, this holiday season, there was significantly less competition for movies. I've been watching the movies. Here's the thing. You know what I think? Yeah, it's less competition. There's no Star Wars out. Because There's I, no... I, if I'm correct, I'd have to look back, but I'm pretty sure Justice League and Batman vs. Superman came out next to a Star Wars movie. Yeah. That will kill anything. Yeah. Not that they were good. I mean, I like everything Batman and Superman are in, but I will never tell you that these are movies that uh, would beat any of the Marvel, Marvel movies because they don't. Or Star Wars movies. Yeah, or Star Wars movies, for sure. It, but And if you put this movie out next to a Star Wars movie, oh, you're an idiot. It. Yeah. Like, that, so, that you're, you're going to I mean, what killed. else has come out this holiday season, really, that's been pulling... To that that size? Yeah. Like that, that size of a movie? A blockbuster movie. Nothing, really. I mean, there's been nothing. No. So, I mean, I think that probably has a lot to do with it. Sure. It probably does. But I also believe that word of mouth does a lot. Well, and I don't it, think it was people, well reviewed. I don't think people are walking around saying that this is like the birth of a brand new generation of DC. Maybe it is, but I don't really think it it differed that much. Um, but I do believe that it made it flashy. Yeah. It, the movie's not as dark. It had very like intense visuals the you know atlantis under the sea watching like things swim around and just looking at that city was amazing jason momoa i think is a huge draw though it's honestly surprising to me because you know i'm their target demo right yeah but i mean even if you use the name jason momoa he was so big in game of thrones Uh, yeah that's true i think that drew a lot of people and then he has that show frontier i don't think it's done very well on netflix but i I still haven't watched it yet but it looks cool it does look cool it's just got bad ratings my point is i gotta be their target audience right and i've not seen anything other than when your review basically made me want to see it but there wasn't a trailer that i saw or anything related to it that made me think yeah i'll go to theaters and see that Really? You didn't even like the trailers? I thought the trailers were pretty good. I, I don't know. I the got, trailers are somewhat misleading, though. I didn't really even see any trailers, to be honest. I had thought that the biggest drawback to this movie, and I thought what would what would hurt it in the in the grand scheme of things, was its length, its runtime. Yeah, but I don't think people look at that before they go to the movies. No, I, what I thought was the people that went and saw the movies and came out and said, like, holy crap, this is a long movie, would keep people from going to see it. Oh, but I love didn't. long movies. Give me every movie at three hours. 
No. Anything that I want to see, well, I want to see it for three hours. Yeah, I mean, if I guess if you're going to the movie theaters, it's something you want to see, unless you're taking your kids to something, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see, um, I don't know, a kid's movie for three hours. No. But I would watch Incredibles. Not for three hours. If it's good enough, I would. I like The Brad Incredibles. Bird, um, I, I really enjoy all those movies. But I don't know that, like, I would necessarily throw the praise that, like... Mark Bernard and some of them guys are like, oh, this is the greatest superhero movie of all time. Right. Like, yeah, it's good. Come on. Of Incredibles? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's the greatest of all time by any means. I found it to be less rewatchable than a lot of Pixar movies. Here's something they said on uh, Fat Man Beyond that I was listening to today. They were talking about a Batman movie. And they, they were actually talking about Batman Beyond, making a Batman Beyond movie, I'd, which yeah, I think right awesome. now is the best time they could ever do that. It would change something up. They could still use the Batman name. What they were talking about, and the they were talking to the audience, the guy brought up that you could use an old Batman in the beginning, because this is the way Batman Beyond started anyway. Yeah, he's like a retired o- Batman. Yep, old Bruce Wayne is getting ready to retire. Um, and then younger uh, Terry... Uh, McGinnis. I don't know. It's, I think it's Terry McGinnis. I never watched Batman Beyond. Was the one who took over as Batman Beyond. Anyway, um, they don't call him Batman Beyond in the in right. the show. It's just Batman, but the name of the show is Batman Beyond. <clears throat> anyway, you could use an old Batman in the beginning uh, and have a newer Batman. So it's like best of both worlds, right? What they had, what I think it was Kevin Smith who said, if you get Michael Keaton back in a Batman suit and he's fighting uh oh crap why can't I think of his name he played Lando Calrissian oh, Billy D Williams Billy D Williams so Billy D Williams was technically the first Two-Face oh because he was yeah I mean um, I'm down for this so he was um Harvey Dent in the original Batman right he but you just saw him as Harvey Dent the attorney basically yeah. uh he he wasn't actually Two Face, but they were saying like, bring both of those people back. Obviously, Billy D. Williams is Two Face now. You could see them fighting in the beginning, and then obviously Bruce Wayne giving up being Batman and Terry McGillis coming in as Batman Beyond because at the beginning of Batman Beyond, Terry's dad gets killed by a Joker gang. It's not the Joker anymore. It's like a whole gang of them. Yeah. Um. And his dad was a detective, gets killed by all the, this Joker gang, and then he's he starts following him, and they lead him back to like the Batcave somehow. Hmm. Um, and Batman like fights off all these people, but it leads Terry back to the Batcave, and that's where they like start having discussions and they find each other out. But I was thinking that would be a really cool best of both worlds, multiple villain kind of thing, and then. Starting out a Batman Beyond franchise could be huge. Oh, yeah. Because all of those kids were, like, mid-90s kids being born. You know, they were born, like, mid-90s. and Or, well, I guess they were born, when like, in the 90s. When was that show on? Because I feel like I must have just missed it. It was on for a long time, but it came on after the animated series. But, like, the animated series, I think, had a bit of an overlap with it right at the tail end. Okay. Because the animated series changed at so the end, So it would have hit me about Perfect else. for Age, but I, I watched it a little bit, but I don't remember ever... I didn't watch much of it. I, I was so hardcore into, like, Batman 
that I just couldn't wrap my head around having someone that was different. I didn't like the different style. Now looking back on it, I think the style's great. Oh, it's really I, I cool. think the style style's really cool. Um, but it wasn't at the time. But that was a. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a cool story. I think it's a cool movie that could happen. And they were talking about like like the guy who played Terry McGillis didn't have to be, um, you know, who he was in the in the show and they were saying michael b jordan could be it and then kevin smith was like well how could you know how do, how could you pull away kevin michael b jordan from something right now because he's been huge Can, but as soon as you throw down batman and he's like if you throw down batman in front of him he's like maybe you could steal him i mean i'm a huge fan of michael b jordan i don't want him let's as let's take a break here Right, like he's just in too much stuff. No, I agree. I don't think I don't think he needs to be that. I think there's a lot of other actors that could be that, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um, okay, one I got to get to another one before I get to my last story because it's kind of not comic booky for my last story. I'm gonna lump all of the comic book news into one. The newest thing that I just read tonight actually was that so Invincible, the yep. the comic book that I talked about on my top comic books for new readers uh it is written by robert kirkman robert kirkman who also wrote the walking dead the walking dead big big time guy he had this uh comic book invincible it's going to be a tv show an animated tv show on oh, amazon an animated oh on amazon awesome uh, it's yes. also being a movie so, I didn't know it was going to be a movie, but Robert Kirkman is behind. I think he's a producer on the animated TV show on Amazon. And they just signed a ton of big names to be voice actors. No kidding. They've got Stephen Wynn. I think it's Wynn. Like you Steve Wynn, the, the casino guy? No, Stephen or Yoon. Oh, yeah. He was in The Walking Dead. Yeah, he was in. Yes. He was. Uh, what was his name in The Walking Dead? I think Dead? it's Yun. Is it Yun? Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. So he was Glenn. He's going to be the main character. Um, of Invincibles, and then they've got well, uh, that guy's that guy's awesome. I'll... Yeah, he's going to be really, really good. So let me scroll down in this uh, article, but they've they listed a bunch of people. So they've got uh, Sandra O oh is also going to be in it. She was in Grey's Anatomy. Yep. Um, Seth Rogen, Jillian Jacobs, Andrew Rannells, Zazie Beats, Mark Hamill. Nice. I like all these people. They hire. They got J.K. Rowling, or not J.K. Rowling, <laughs> J.K. Simmons. I like uh, him. I like Jillian Jacobs. I like. Um, I don't know who Andrean Rannells is. I like Zazie Beats or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, Walton Goggins. Ah, uh, Walton Goggins is the best. There's Chris Diamantopoulos. Oh yeah, Diamantopoulos. Is that how you say? You his know last him name? if you see him. No, I know who it is. I just can't pronounce his last name. Um, and then, uh, there's, there's a bunch of them that they list. Max Bruckholder. Chris, uh, Diamantopoulos. He was in, uh, he's in Silicon Valley. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know who he is. I just don't know how to say his last name. No, I was just commenting that he's good in Silicon Valley. It's really great. So the rundown is like animated superhero series. It revolves around a 17 year old Mark Grayson, which who Steve Yoon, Yoon is going to be, (laughs) however you say it. Uh, he's just like every other guy at his age, 17. His father is the most powerful superhero on the planet, Omni-Man, which J.K. Simmons is going to play. 
but Mark develops superpowers on his own. He discovers his father's legacy may not be as heroic as it seems. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, that is going to be cool. Uh, it doesn't say when it's supposed to come out. I think it's supposed to come out next year. Um, the comic book ended last February, um, and it ran for 15 years, which I was not aware of. I did not know it had a 15-year run. So that came out in 2003, which is incredible to me. Uh, but, I, yeah, I don't know when this comes out. I thought it was coming out this year. Oh, it hits globally in 2020. So, yeah. Okay, Premier so sometime next year. This is what's interesting to me. Um, it is coming as a movie, too. Or it was. With Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg producing the really? guys that, um, when they do Preacher and stuff, they were making that into a movie. Not anymore. But maybe they're just not doing it anymore. I don't think they are because it says am- animated Amazon series. This came out well, today. I know, too. but the last I heard is that they were doing both with different casts. Oh. But maybe. that this is also from 2017, so that oh. could all have been... This one came out today and is well, just I, talking yeah. about the people that they've hired as uh, voice actors for this. And, so. and Seth Rogen's in it, so yeah, my Seth guess Rogen's is, is that the movie's done, and then... Well, but in February 2018, they share... Seth Rogen shares his Invincible movie plans. Well, and it says Rogen, meanwhile, along with producing partner Evan Goldberg, is developing a feature film adaptation of the comic. There we go. That pick... Uh, which will duo, uh, which the duo will write and direct and produce, will come under Kirkman's first look deal with Universal Pictures. Okay, so we're getting a movie so, yeah. and a TV show yeah. unrelated, run, unrelated with different casts. Pretty cool. That's that could be really cool. So yeah, look for that. I think that's going to be really awesome, especially with the cast that they just pulled for the and with actors. Robert Kirkman involved. That's amazing. Oh yeah, I don't think Robert Kirkman won't be involved with what he's created because. Well, and you can trust anything that Seth Rogen and and Evan Goldberg are doing because those guys are huge comic book nerds. They're awesome. So last bit of news. This is a really big deal to me, not so much you, because for some reason you you just haven't got into this, and I think there's something wrong with you mentally. What? Uh, What? So the creator of Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah. Peaky Blinders is a Netflix show. Uh, it's all it's a BBC show actually, but Netflix has been running it. Uh, is already ready to write season six when season five hasn't even wrapped production yet. But he put out that he's ready to go after season six already. Um, I just haven't been able to get into it. It says I've tried. It, it's well, this guy Stephen Wright has done. Uh, he's filming the last season, which is season five. Uh, but he's are he's written projects such as taboo world war z2 and rio all right now that's what he's writing literally watched rio yesterday um that is not a great movie no it's not really that great (laughs) but anyway it says knight confirmed that he's busy planning the affairs of the shelby company ltd in an interview with slate Uh, and he says i'm about to start writing season six now and if all the wheels fall off or it goes horribly wrong there's probably people that will say something about it uh, about his writing process. He said, but at the moment, it is his own logic and momentum. It's all in his own logic and momentum right now. It feels as if the characters are just writing themselves. In the same interview, he spoke about how the important, uh, how important the whole show is. And he continued that Peaky Blinders is a very personal thing for him. Uh, and it's based on stories that he was told as a kid by his parents. Huh. 
So his parents told him some really screwed up stories. I'll have, um, to, I'll have to watch it. I love it. The last season that came out in season four, like, blew my mind. Uh, Cillian Murphy, I think is how you say his name. Yeah, the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow, yes, in Batman Begins. He is an incredible actor. Arthur Shelby, his brother, is also an incredible actor. I freaking love this show. I should have put it, well, I couldn't have because it's a Netflix show. Nope. Um, We'll do our top ten streaming shows. Yeah, if I could, I would definitely put this in my top ten shows because it's the Shelby company and the Shelby family. I will always remember this TV show. I don't know. Oh, and uh, uh, freaking Bane. Who played Bane? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's in it. And last season, Tom Hardy, he he was in season three and four. And in season four, Tom Hardy blew my mind with some of the stuff that he did. And his acting, dude, <laughs> gosh, all of you need to watch this show because the acting that he did in front of Cillian Murphy, they're like face-to-face with each other. And some of the stuff that he said and like his delivery, I couldn't handle. Like I just couldn't handle this show. I... I I love it. I I've love try, this show. I've tried. I'll uh, try harder, Jerry. You need to try harder. I don't know. I mean, the first two seasons, the first season was good. It caught my attention. Second season uh, was okay. Third season was good. Fourth season, like, blew it out of the water. Like, blew it way out of the water for me. So start at season four. And sure. I mean, <laughs> it, you'd have a really hard time knowing what's going on. If oh, you hadn't more, watched yeah, okay. the other seasons, um, but I don't know, man. I would I would say you could start at season three, well, or like finish. I'll watch just the last the two episodes of season. I two pledge to then, you right now, Jerry. I will take my Peaky Blinders off. There's <laughs> in regards to Peaky I'll take, Blinders. I'll take my blinders off and start peeking. I'll start peeking, peeking at the Peaky. But uh, there's only like. Five episodes or six episodes a season. So, oh really? I can yeah. handle that. Yeah, they're short. I got a four hour. They're an hour tomorrow, so they're, I can. They're an hour a piece, but um, I can bang out most of the first season on my flight. I thought you watched the first season. I watched the first episode and promptly fell asleep. He said. So this creator said, uh, "I've always had a pretty clear roadmap of how this how it works between World War One and World War Two, and it's." it's it's flexible. So he wants it to end as sirens go off for an air raid in world war two. So that's how it ends. Like it's going to end once world war two starts, but that could be, it says it could be like season six. It could be season eight. It depends on how he needs to write it all out. Okay. Um, but he said it's, probably going to be season six like in his mind he could have got there in series five uh but it may be series six but it could be longer than that too it depends on how the actors want to stick around too if the actors want to stick around for longer but i don't think you're going to keep uh cillian murphy for very long because he's huge he could be huge i don't know what's he he hasn't been doing anything lately he was in some movie other movies i'd have to look he's him in up. like romantic comedies and stuff isn't he yeah yeah, he's Irish. He's I didn't Irish know that. I actor. thought he, he had me fooled. I thought he was American. Well, and yeah, I thought he was American. And then once he started in this show, I was like, oh, he's a Brit. You know, he's definitely British. No, he's hardcore Irish. And if you hear him talk in his regular accent, definitely Irish. I can't do an Irish accent. I thought about doing it right then. 
<laughs> and I was like, I can't. Well, you're gonna do an entire episode in in Irish accents. In Ar- soon. Irish. Ooh, maybe maybe not. No. <laughs> oh, I forgot. He was in uh he was in Dunkirk, wasn't he? Yes, he was a main character in Dunkirk. Boy, that was a huge movie too. That movie was not good. I didn't watch it. Boy, I talk never... about an overrated movie. Really? Oh. It was a Chris Nolan flick. I was not a fan of that movie. Well. Not going to lie. What else I, you got for news? Honestly, that's why I didn't go and see it. Uh, that's oh, that's oh, that's all. That's all the news we can use? Mm-hmm. All right. He was in Inception. For now, until I remember the next little bit that I didn't write down. He's been in a lot of stuff. I know he's been in a lot of stuff. He's always been like a side character. Cold Mountain. Okay. Cold remember Mountain. that movie? Uh, Yes. 28 Days Later. Yeah, I know that movie. I love that movie. He has been in a lot of stuff, but it's always a side side character. You know, he's not a leading man. Uh, what's what's that called? A uh... side character? No, it's called something like supporting, supporting, supporting actor. cast, supporting yeah. actor. Yeah, those supporting actors get the best roles. You I think so that? too. They definitely do. I think so too. They're the ones who drive the story. You have the main character that's in the story, but the the ones that drive the story are the supporting actors, I think. Yeah. It's also, there's a big thing that I just found out that the Oscars don't they don't say actress anymore. Yeah, they haven't for a while. Yeah, they say best leading female in a supporting role or Yeah. Here's my question. Why do they separate the genders at all? I don't know. Why isn't it just best that's actor? A good, I, it, that's a good question. I never even thought about that. It, it literally never thought of it. Makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Is it because they think? I think they just want more categories. I think so too. Well, I mean, I know it. That's that not. Makes, it, it's a holdover from when it started, decades and decades ago. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, we can't put men and the women in the same category. But, but I mean, why? not anymore. I don't understand because why they you didn't couldn't. probably consider women to have the same kind of roles as well and especially did. if you don't want to call them an actress anymore but it's been decades now so they're all actors. basically women and men have both been getting leading roles so i mean i don't, I don't see why you can't judge who, who's a who's a best actor denzel washington right next to meryl street yeah, why, why can't they be can. together it's based off acting not gender yeah, it makes no sense so Everybody point. listening to us that's uh, in the Actors Studio Guild or whatever. Yeah. What, what's the Screen Academy Actors Award? Guild? Is that who picks the Academy Awards? Is it SAG or... No, because they're SAG Awards. No, it's the Academy. The, the Academy, Academy of, of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Science or something. You're right. I think you're right. Am I right? I think so. It is. It is the Academy We need to get of- somebody on the horn. And I'm not saying this all for like gender equality stuff i'm just saying like it doesn't literally it doesn't make no sense. sense no you're right I, i've i literally have never thought of it before but there is no definite reason why you should ever split that up into they don't go best female director best male director no they don't they don't do best female screenwriter cinematographer yeah it's the only category <laughs> where they split it up yeah you're right i i don't get it i don't know Anyway, um, so on to our kind of main event. Um, we kind can talk of. about some some fan participation yes, in our last podcast. We, had some... we did our top 10 TV shows. If you haven't listened, boy, it's a sprightly one. So we got a lot of good feedback. 
and I thought it was a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. I loved it. Yeah. So you, um, afterwards, we really thought about. I'm pretty happy with my list, to be honest. You know, I feel like I could have changed a lot of them. I, I, not a lot of them, but I feel like we could have changed. I could have changed some of them. I'm not 100 percent happy. So I got a, cus- a customer. I'm so used to saying customer. Listener feedback today. I'm driving to Tennessee, yelling at my radio. This is Tony, by the way. While disagreeing with some of the top 10 TV shows of all time, I'm only halfway through, and so far, no Oz or The Wire. So we'll see. I just told him, no spoilers. Yeah. But I hope he finishes that one, because I'm going to spoil it now. Right. Because there are no Oz or The Wire. Or The Wire. On the top 10. And I'm going to tell you why, first off, for me, anyway. The, again, the list was things that impacted me and impacted my life. Exactly. Not what I think are the greatest shows of all time. I know The Wire is number one on every list of greatest shows of all time. I'm not debating that. Personally, I haven't, you know, I don't. it isn't on my top ten. It's a good show. I liked it. Um, Oz, I wasn't a huge fan of, so sorry. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Oz either. I watched some of The Wire. I feel like it is a show I could get into. Oh, it's definitely good. Um, I, I did, you know, I don't rem- I remember if I ever finished the entire run of The Wire. Um, I no, I definitely did not. I don't even think I finished the first season. So, um, so maybe we'll we'll maybe we'll change our 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 minds. Maybe yeah, they'll, they'll be could. on top of our list. I know Oz won't make it on mine, but no. The Wire possibly could. I was not an Oz fan, and when I when I got out of Oz is when there was some. Uh, I I don't know, like how do I say it? Like homosexual acts done in a shower. Well, yeah, there was a lot of that in that show. Yeah, and I just saw it one episode, and I was like, mm, not my thing. I couldn't get past that. I'm sorry. Did you watch um, what's the one um with uh, it's Jen J. Cohan or whatever um the Netflix show, Women's Prison. Orange is the New Black. No, I've never watched a single episode of that. I watched most of it. It's not very good. I know it wins a bunch of awards, but I don't think it's that good. Really? It was interesting to watch, especially the first couple seasons. But yeah. then I think it, you know... Uh-oh. It's canceled. School's canceled for tomorrow. For what reason? Uh, unforeseen issues with the heating system. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they texted me. That's what it says. Due to unforeseen issues with our heating system at the elementary school, both MVK schools will be closed. You hear, heard it here first. This is breaking news. Breaking news. From Snarf Talk Podcast. That you will hear tomorrow after you've already figured out Lazan, that kids shouldn't go to school. Verona, Kinsman, elementaries and middle schools officially dun, closed. Dun, 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 which they've been closed dun, 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 four days. This That'll be the fourth day this week. They only went on Monday. Tuesday, wasn't it? No, Tuesday. They didn't go Monday. Oh, you're right, because of snow. So they went Tuesday, and then we're off Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know how we haven't brought brought up the weather, since that's all anybody's talking about. It was straight up negative 25 degrees Wednesday morning when I went outside. Yeah, it was bad. With negative 50 wind chills. And you know what? I was super nervous about something going wrong with my house. Your house. Yeah, so was I. I was. And you know what? So far, knock on wood, I'm coming out pretty good. Yeah. My vents plugged up, so... The vent for um, my, uh, uh, what is it, sewer, like sewer vent, 
uh, it plugged up and a couple other vents on top of my house. I had to go, when I got home tonight, I had to go up there and unplug them because our whole house started smelling like sewer. Oh. Um, and it literally was just Weird. because it froze on the top. Like, huh. I'm assuming the warm, moist air coming out of the vent on the top, it literally, like, made its own snow and packed itself in. I'm certain. I'm guessing my house is old and drafty enough that that wasn't an issue. Or you could have had, you could have one that's, like... Uh, sticking off the side of your house and not straight up no, in the it's, air? No, it's up in the air. Is it? Yeah, or I just didn't notice. The sewer mains oh, under no, my you'll, house... Oh, no, you'll notice. The sewer it. mains under my house are cracked. The tops, they're, they're old, like, cast. Oh, yeah? And the tops are cracked, and they need to be replaced. But it doesn't smell because it's upstream of all the... Right. It's, like, only from the laundry room down. So, I don't know, for whatever reason, it doesn't smell at all. Hmm. And there's no sewage that actually goes through that part, portion of the pipe. But that anyway, so maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But mine were all plugged up, and it made the house smell terrible. And this isn't the first time. It's the first time it's happened in the new house, but the other house we lived in before the, ours was built uh, had the same thing happen. A lot of issues people are having, I know, with uh, like 95% efficient furnaces, which yours probably is. Yeah. But they, you know, they go to the PVC vents. They have an intake and an exhaust vent. Yes. And they ice over and it causes a lot of issues. Uh, yeah. None of my prop houses or rental houses, they all have the old 80%. 80, so they actually 20. take the air from in the, they don't have a an, an intake vent. Mm-hmm. So. No, my, I never had an issue. Mine are all curled pipes. Oh, okay. At that point down. Uh, they've got like Fancy. a... Yeah, pretty fancy stuff. We can't just put a can't just put a pipe. You gotta have a curl no, to end. I on want it. a ninety degree bend at the end of my pipes. Yeah. Okay. I specifically told the contractor, if you don't put a ninety degree bend at the end of this pipe, I'm done with you. I'm gonna ninety degree bend your ass. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. And he said, "Okay, bring it, bud. <laughs> bring it, short stuff." Anyway, back to. So topic. we had another um, listener. Yes. Uh, why don't you read that little text jaunt? Uh, let me get to it. I wasn't in it. Sorry. I got it. So I'll just say it. Go for it. This is from uh, David. A uh, very, very good listener for us. Parks and Rec. And this is referencing our, our discussion between Parks and Rec and the office. Parks and Rec is rewatchable for sure. About a year ago, I recorded every episode and re- rewatched the whole series in about over a month. The thing is... I loved it, but I haven't been drawn back. I did, I did the same thing with The Office, started running on Comedy Central. I finished the entire run in about two weeks and almost immediately started bouncing around on random nights till I fall asleep. This isn't the one I should be reading. Ah, here's what I need. Here's the deal. The Office paved the way for Parks and Rec. That was the point. Same sim, sim, cinem, uh, cinematography, same format. What The Office did with such a limited environment was amazing. It was literally, literally about one office. Parks and Rec is goofier, funnier, and more entertaining the first time through, but evolved into a show about an entire city government. It took place in a larger world, far larger world. The Office was subtle in its ridiculousness. Both shows were great. Parks has better characters. The Office has better character development. I completely agree. Yeah, I I do too. Because I think Parks that's and what Rec we kind of talked get... about too when we were discussing that. Yeah, I think so. I. Because wasn't it you that said you liked Parks and Rec better than The Office? I said there was an argument to be made that it's a better show. Okay. Yes. I said I said specifically in that that it's funnier, but it doesn't At, have as good a character development. I okay. said you didn't I care about that. the characters um, of 
Amy Poehler's character and Ben's. I don't even remember their names. So obviously, yeah, ben, you know, it's just not. Ben was I, I his feel name. like those. I feel like those two characters you could care about, but Ben you really don't care about just because he's there. He's the just cones of Dunmore. Dunmore. He's okay. I, I think you care more about Andy and uh, Ron Swanson than you do anybody. Yeah, I mean, I that was a good relationship. There was good moments in that show, but um, yeah, when you get Rob Lowe and and uh, I, Ron well, Swanson, you have Rob Lowe there, but. I don't really think you care about it. It was a better, funnier, bigger cast of characters. Yes. But I think that's exactly what David's point yeah, that was. That is exactly what he's saying is that it has good characters because you laugh at them, but the character development you get out of the office where you need to know what's gonna happen next right. to them. You want you don't want Michael Scott to leave spoilers at the end of the office or in season six or seven, whatever it is. I think it's six. Um, but you don't want them. You don't want him to go, even though the whole time all you thought he was was this goofy boss. But then at the end, you're like, he had a lot of heart. He cared about his employees. Yeah. Honestly, I think the difference is like kind of a dramedy. Although I wouldn't call the office a dramedy, but, but there's more drama. And yeah, but Parks and Rec, I wouldn't call it slapstick, but it's more of a straight comedy. I agree, completely agree because there is an underlying dramatic tone to the office if you watch it. And there is through. there is some drama in Parks and Rec, Barely. more so than like okay, another fantastic straight comedy would be like Thirty Rock. Yeah, much that, more than. But 30 you don't Rock. care really about the characters in Thirty Rock. True, it, it's a straight comedy. And yeah, it's very true. It's just a little bit. It's there's, there's I would three say, degrees of yeah your Parks or, Parks and emotional Rec is involvement. Like just slightly less so than The Office, where you care about characters. You and I would I mean? say I would make the argument Thirty Rock might be funnier than office but not probably not parks and rec but it's in that same ballpark it's in the but same it's ballpark, we wouldn't yeah. even consider it because there's no character attachment or emotional attachment to the characters yeah really i mean so what else did he he gave us his let well i'll, I'll say he, he sent it to me i don't think he sent it to you he did not but he did mention to me he said um uh i love justified um, was yeah. one that he mentioned. So I'm going to read on his. Li- Go ahead. And read I'm going to read his his top ten list. This for is everyone. our first listener. I, I really top like 10 it. List so they sent us. It is. Please is do the- this whenever we do a top ten. Send us your top ten. We yeah, will read them know. on the air. We so will read them. On. Here's what he did. He asked me. Um, he asked me like what types of shows could be on there, and he said, "Are game shows allowed?" And he said, or is it all fiction? I said, all fiction, no game shows, or, oh, you str- totally or streaming stuff. But then he said, so no Jeopardy, Dateline, Top Chef. No. And I said, I mean, I would accept Top Chef and Dateline, but not Jeopardy. I mean, I love Jeopardy, but I mean, I think we're talking about different things here. It's Jeopardy affected his life to the point where... yes. For him, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, then it I counts. mean, honestly, it really has. Well, it counts. I don't know why it wouldn't count. Well, I told him it didn't. It's hard to make a list of greatest TV shows if you're not saying there are greatest because they affected us. If you're just saying the greatest TV shows of all time, it's hard to not include something like a Dateline or a 2020. Yeah. Because I don't think I specified that well enough to him, but besides uh, just saying, like, I, I didn't allow him to count Jeopardy. So, either way. This is the way he... Although, this, I would, above Dateline or 2020, I'd put Frontline, the PBC show, or PBS show, Frontline. I don't know if I've ever watched it. Anyway, go ahead. Dateline's really good, though. Anyway, so this is... I'm going to go from 10 to 1 for him. 
Number 10 was Kitchen Nightmares. Love that show. I do, too. The I've British, watched every I single episode of it. specifically love the British version. Sure. So I, I'll tell you how I got into that show. I didn't know anything about it, but um, I don't know what I was doing. But one day, I think it was like snowy or something. I was just bumming around one day, and I went over to our friend uh, Chubbs' house. And him and our other friend Michael were there. Yeah. And they're just hanging out, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? They weren't doing anything. I don't remember where we were. Oh, who would have thought? <laughs> so Sorry. they Sorry, weren't Chubbs. doing anything. They were just sitting around, and uh, they're like, oh, we're, we're just we're just over here. We're watching Kitchen Nightmares. That's the first time I ever heard of the show. And I sat down there. We watched, like, the entire day, it, and, and I got so good. sucked into that show. I loved it. When I, it came to the U.S., I didn't like it as much, though. But have you ever seen Amy's Baking Company? I've seen them all. I've seen every episode. I love that There's show. There's two episodes of Amy's Baking Company where she is a nut job. Yeah, I will say, you know... And it was so fun. It was like one of the only ones where he just didn't fix. Because he's like, you know what? I can't do this with you. I wouldn't like, you're put, never going to learn. I wouldn't put it in my top ten. But if I'm judging shows by how they affected my life, that show made me deep dive into Gordon Ramsay and be a huge For fan. For sure. So I will say... I did too. And that's where it came in on my midnight shift. I watched so many episodes of that when I worked midnights. Like, that's where I watched all of it. Same and, with Doctor Who. It was like Doctor Who and Kitchen Nightmares. And I still, you know, like, watch. I go on YouTube to specifically to find Gordon Ramsay cooking an omelet. I do, And I too. watch them or cook or a steak. scrambled eggs. Yeah. I've watched him and cook I follow the his same videos. scrambled eggs probably 57 times. I've watched times. his steak and omelet one, I want to say, yeah. 100 million times. <laughs> but, yeah, so I would say, you know, that's a good call. That's a good one because it has affected my life. In a significant way. I agree. And and you might laugh at it because it's, you know, a reality show, but it's just very, very good. Number nine, I I like this a lot. Everybody loves Raymond. Very good show. I thought about that show. I, I never I, I never watched the show when it was like running I did not either. I saw it in reruns. Yes. So I watched it all in like syndication. And I never really gave it its due until later on. Where I started watching it, and I was like, "This is it's a really quality, it's a brilliant stuff." Show. Yeah, and that's another funny sitcom, but also has like an underlying like heart and emotional aspect. It's a good to family it. sitcom. I, I'm just not. It I is. couldn't. It'd be. I'd have a hard time putting a sitcom in my top ten. Oh, well, I mean, you did with Ed. That's not a sitcom. It was absolutely a sitcom. It was not filmed in front of a live studio audience. It doesn't have to be. It's it called multi- situational comedy. No, no. There's a difference between a sitcom, which is a multi-cam show, usually filmed in front of a live studio or with a laugh track, or a single cam. That was a dramedy. Yeah. It's a one-hour dramatic comedy. But So you wouldn't call like Goldberg's a sitcom? No, it's a single cam it's not a sitcom. That makes a difference. Like the Big Bang cam? Theory is a sitcom. Okay, I it's see. a multi-cam in front of a live studio audience. Okay, different, now you're making different. sense to me. Well, I, I but it is a very good show, and as far as sitcoms liked go, liked it a lot. It's up on the list. Number eight was American Crime Story OJ. I never saw it. I never saw it either. Cuba Gooding. Cuba I heard it was Gooding great, Jr. but I just have no interest in it. One of the main. Plus, I would consider that a miniseries. It is. It is a miniseries. I would disqualify it for that. Okay. I I would go with you. Uh, I never watched it. I don't know if it was good. Apparently, it was phenomenal. I did hear a lot of really I good things about things, it. great things, and that won a bunch of awards. Yeah, it did. My wife would love that show. We should watch it together. Yeah. She, I think Amy would, too. She likes that too. kind of thing. Number seven was Friday Night Lights. Um, I, again, okay. 
you'll, you're hard pressed to find a list of top greatest TV shows that that's not in the top ten. Yeah, I've never watched it. Neither have I. So that's the only reason I can't comment. But everybody so, loves that show. Yeah, most of the people I know put that in their top ten. Yes, it probably deserves to be there. I know the cast is amazing. Almost, I mean, the majority of my friends have watched Friday Night Lights, and people rave about it. Yeah, because of the whole football aspect. But but uh, it isn't just no, it isn't because of the football aspect. No, but I mean, it was like for this guy i i think the football aspect of uh of like the friday night lights like yeah but it was living that drama yeah it's absolutely a drama and that is why it keeps them to the show but the original draw was like the football friday night lights like going out to play a game right being part of this team yeah i didn't play football big thing. So maybe well, that's why i didn't ever... did we say his name who the guy who gave us this stuff david david yes so for David, football was a huge thing in high school. Like he yeah. loved it. It was a big part of his high school life. I, I'm going to say like it, that was the big draw for the show. But then the storyline, the characters, and the, the the dramatic aspect is what kept him to it. But I've specifically and what put it as number seven. I've specifically heard a lot of people like in, in entertainment, like Chris Hardwick, talk about that show. Like, oh really? He didn't I didn't play football it. or sport. Like, yeah, it was apparently it had a wide appeal. Sure. Beyond just that, I could do a whole. We could do a whole list of football shows too. Because remember the movie "Remember the Titans"? Absolutely. So that came out when I was in high school. Yeah. And I remember I went to the theaters and I saw it. And I came back to school and I was like, some of the guys, some of my friends that were on the football team, were talking about it. They're like, because the the coach took the whole team to see it. All right. And they were talking about it. And I said, Oh yeah, I saw that over the weekend. That was a really good movie. And he goes, What do you mean you saw it over the weekend? And I go, I went to the movie theaters and i saw it he goes you can't see that movie and i go what do you mean I, I can't see the movie he goes you don't play football <laughs> and i'm like what do you mean i can't see the movie he goes well that movie's only released for football teams to go to are you dead serious kidding me he's dead serious and i'm <laughs> it like only for football teams and i'm like no 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 it's just a movie no it's like it's a, a disney movie it's just a <laughs> Yeah, just a real movie that people could go see. Anyway, I thought that was hilarious. But um, it wasn't my, a hype film. My favorite football movie of all time is probably The Blind Spot or The Blind Side. Blind Side with Sandra Bullock. What about the whole nine yards? Wasn't that a football movie? Yeah, but it's not. It's pretty good. The Blind Side is really good. <laughs> it is okay. Um, I've you know watched what, it multiple. You times. know what my favorite football movie is? Bar None, The Replacements with Keanu oh, Reeves. Oh yes, love that movie. That is a great movie. So on to number six. Which I regret not having this. Who the last Boy Scout? Anyway, go ahead. I regret not having this uh, in my top ten because this was it was very good. Uh, True Detective season one. I hundred percent agree. He mentioned that to me. True Detective season one's amazing. Although I wasn't crazy about the ending. I, However, I wasn't either. Uh, it to had a, a point. It had a very it pe- kind of petered out. The ending wasn't quite what you expect it wasn't as good as what the middle was no like the middle had so much tension and like that was an awesome show draw to it i i had to know what was going to happen next and it was a move or a show that i recorded on hbo every week so i had to watch it weekly instead of binge all this stuff and at that time i wasn't used to it because i was binging so much doctor who i definitely binged true detective but i I didn't i watched it as it came out every week and it was so hard to do because i needed to know 
what Matthew McConaughey was going to do next and what he was going to find and I will if he say, was going to get drugged up. or. Drunk. I mentioned to him, he mentioned that, and I, I, I kind of texted him back. I said, I don't know that I would consider that a show as much as a miniseries as well because I understand that there was a season two. I never watched it. But it's a different it's cast, and it's a different story. I've heard it's not good. But my point is it's a completely different cast, different story. So it almost takes a season is almost like a miniseries. It is just a one-season thing. But so. then again, I would consider Fargo, which does the same thing. I mean, but if we're going to say... I feel like Fargo could have been in my top ten. That's really good, too. I feel like if you're going to go by one season, you just call it a one-season show. Because true, so it's still a show. even though True Detective Season 2, it's still called True Detective true detective and it is season two they have complete a completely different cast it's a different show you just don't i just don't consider it like a show it, to me it feels like either like a movie or like a miniseries but i'm yeah it's not a movie obviously there was like 12 episodes or 10 episodes. i feel like that's that. a miniseries but anyway it it should count it definitely i loved counts. it i loved it i wouldn't i had it in my honorable mentions and i took it out at the last minute I think Woody Harrelson's phenomenal in it, and Matthew McConaughey like it oh, yeah. put him it's, like well back on the map. It's phenomenal. Uh, that was his number six. Number five was American Crime. Okay, so he mentioned that one to me too. I I will. I got sucked into that show. I no, loved it. I never again, that's it. another one. I think there was only one season. Okay, there might be a second one coming, but again, I think it's going to be a different cast and different story. They're doing it in that true detective way, I believe. So I don't even know about this show. Yeah. Is it something it I a, need to watch then? It was on a couple years ago. It's a compelling show, yes. It's very good. It's a crime, oh. like kind of like Broadchurch, uh, what, uh, Grace Point. Yeah. Like a crime mystery. You don't know who did it. And you, oh, okay. The whole thing is kind of a, it's a very mysterious crime. Is it on Netflix or anything that I could watch it on? <sighs> It's probably on like the NBC or ABC streaming app, whoever aired it. Oh, so it was an NBC or It was a ABC broadcast show? show. Oh, I didn't know it that. It was a really good show, but I definitely wouldn't put it in my top ten. Uh, number four. I'd also consider it kind of a miniseries, to be honest. But really? Yeah, because, again, it was one season, one storyline wrapped up, and yeah. then I, that was it, really. Okay. Number four, Top Chef. This is kind of a game show. Can't comment. Kind I don't. Of. I don't. I don't watch it. I don't know anything about it. I've watched I, it before. I not really care for it, to be honest. But I've watched every season, and I love it. Really, I need to get into it. Then maybe they're all, they're all like professional chefs that have done something. They've created a restaurant. They've, they've done well for themselves. They, uh, they go through. I know, like you apply for the show, but they only take like really, really good chefs. And put them on the show, and then it's it's always based around a certain city. Um, so they'll do Denver, they'll do Chicago, they'll do uh, where they do in uh, South Carolina, um, Charleston, and they they do all these big areas, uh, big cities, and then they just like battle it out. Like I think they start out with so who's the host of that? Uh, Padma, uh, how do you say her last name? Padma. Lakshmi. So, who are the chefs that judge? Um, or is it revolving? Gail Simmons, Padma is on there. They have n- new chefs on there all the time. But then Tom Calicchio, he's a big name chef too, actually, and he does very well. He's he's the main guy. Tom Calicchio and Padma are the two main guys. Gail Simmons is on there a lot, and then like they had they have. I, Richard Blaze on there a lot. They've had Anthony Bourdain on there before. They've had 
just a ton of big name chefs as like guest judges per every episode. Wolfgang Puck's been on there. Um, I, I should probably people. watch it more. I know Dave is a huge foodie, so that's oh, absolutely. definitely why he and would love that. Just watching these people cook and then come out there and present their dishes to all of these big name people is really, really awesome. And they work as a team a lot of the time until you get down to like less and less contestants. It, it is an awesome. If you enjoy cooking shows and in, in, in competition, uh, it's really great because they go through – it's not just like watching them stand around and cook. They also explain like how things are being cooked, how the processes of cooking the stuff. I like what cooking they shows. Bought. I, I feel like I should watch more it. cooking shows. Top, You would love Top Chef. If I always you watch a lot of Iron Chef. Because there's, there is a competition aspect to it too where you like – pick a certain fan favorite you know there's always a fan favorite every year and uh like you pick somebody that's your favorite that you want to win kind of like american idol yeah like american idol like survivor like any of those competing shows uh i I love it i i i should have put it in my top 10 i really should have because it does something for me i love it there you go that was number four number three it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah, he mentioned that to me too. I would, um, I love that show. So do I. I definitely wouldn't put it in my top ten though. Hmm. There's no emotional resonance to that show. It's just no. a straight comedy, and it's and it's it, funny. It is like slapstick, but it's not particularly rewatchable either. Oh, it is. There's episodes that I could watch literally every day. Well, I mean, I love that show. I think it's hilarious. It's one of the funniest shows of all time. Mm-hmm. But I that's would, why I could. Watch I wouldn't it put it time. in my top ten unless you were doing a list of like the greatest shows of all time. You might be saying, "Okay, this is the best example of a comedy." Right, but it's also how it affected you. Right, and it just doesn't, on an emotional level, right, do anything like that. But it's but hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. I love it. I I don't know if I'd put it in my top ten. It would definitely be an honorable mention. One thing I do love about that show that's different really is that you know none of the characters are particularly likable. Yeah, and that I think, I think that's I think the that's point. cool though. That's what I like about it. Yeah, it's kind of like Seinfeld in a way like that, where right they're not any of them are not really good people. No, none of them, and especially in Sunny, they're not Sunny, good people, which is fine. I mean, I guess Charlie's likable. They're all they're I think all likable in certain in ways, maybe way. except for Dennis. Yeah, yeah. Dennis is just a really bad guy. I think those guys are geniuses, and there's a reason why you see all of them now producing, sure, writing, starring in shows constantly. Charlie Day is huge. Well, now. they're all huge. Yeah, they are. I mean, Glenn How- Howerton. Yeah, whatever How- Howerton. Yes, he's like writing and producing and starring and all. Have you watched his show? They've watched they've- the new one with um, Patton Oswalt. It's pretty good. No, what is it? It's really good. Um, where he's a school teacher. Um, Patton Oswald is, or Patton Oswald's the principal, and Glenn Howerton is. It's called AP Bio. Okay, I it's, have heard of this, but I've it's never funny. watched it. So he's like a disgraced. I don't know if it's Harvard, but like Harvard or Stanford uh, philosophy pr- professor. I think it's philosophy. What What's it on? It's on like ABC or NBC. Oh, or something. it is. Okay, and he has to basically he gets kicked out of college. And he's like an author, like he's a prominent whatever. He gets mm-hmm. kicked out of college. He has to go to, back to I think it's Ohio to his hometown and teach high school. But he wants to take revenge on this colleague of his that like got famous in the field. Oh yeah, but he didn't. So he doesn't teach his class at all. The the school loves to have him because he's like a big Harvard professor Huge, or whatever. Yeah. 
And he just goes in there and he's an awful, miserable person. But he just takes this AP bio class and he puts them all to the task of just getting revenge <laughs> on this. It's kind of it's always sunny Philadelphia PG thirteen version. Yeah, it's that makes it's sense. pretty good. The, there was also that one girl that's in uh, It's Always Sunny. Uh, yeah, she's in a, a show. Yeah, the, the Mick. The Mick. I think that's, that got canceled, but that was a pretty was good pretty show funny too. too. Yeah. And Charlie Day's and everything. He is. He's been a pretty big actor now, and he does direct things too. And and uh, Rob, what is it, McElhenney? McElhenney? Uh, McElhenney, Yeah, he, he's um, married to that chick. He um, writes and produces and Sweet directs man. a lot of stuff too. I don't know if he's been in a lot, but those guys, all of those guys, pop up as guest stars and all. Like Glenn Howerton was in yeah. Mini Project, which is a really good show too. Um, anyway. I, I like Always Sunny. Again, I don't think I'd put it in my top 10. No. It would so. be an honorable mention for me because I do like it, but it's never been... I haven't ever watched full seasons as they come out. I haven't. I, I come back to seasons and watch episodes and stuff, and I've watched a lot of it. I just... It's not one that I've like watched it week by week. So I wonder if... Okay, so Glenn Howerton and Rob McElhaney, or whatever you call mm-hmm. it, um, they were both on, well, Glenn more so on the mini project. Okay. That was a good show. And then on the newest season, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Mindy Kaling's on it. She is. Yeah, have you not I seen did, the new season? I haven't season? seen any of it. No, they start. Cause at the end of the last one, I think, um, Dennis leaves. Yes. I knew that. And he's like going to be off the show. So they start the new episode and like the new character is Mindy Kaling. That's like replacing him. Oh, and they go through like the whole first episode, and you're kind of just like, "This isn't going to work." Yeah. And then at the end, she's gone, and he comes Dennis back. Comes back. Okay. It's pretty. Anyway, go ahead. Spoilers. Yeah. Okay, number two for David was The Office. Okay, that, that was his I number mean, two, and we went through that big like spiel. Like he sent us the big spiel between Parks and Rec and The Office, and why he loved The Office so much. And I responded back with, like. You've put all of this heart into like what you enjoyed on, of this show and why it's like the greatest TV show that you love, and it's your number two. Yeah. So all the hours you've put in watching this show over and over and over and over again, and you have it as your number two. That's why I feel like his number one is like apparently through the like off the charts for him, which his number one was Justified. Yeah, um, Timothy this- Oliphant. That is a super good show. I'm not gonna. I haven't seen it all though. I watched. I, I watched the first two seasons. Timothy Oliphant's amazing. Walter Goggins oh, yeah. is unbelievable. That show is phenomenal. But I said it in in my top ten because I had Deadwood in it, and I truly believe he took his character from Deadwood and really just kind of put him in Justified because it's a very very similar character. Just you up it a century. But I know a lot of people love that show. I'm going to pledge here and now that I'm going to go back and watch all of Justified. And we'll see. I, I, I need to. David's been telling me to for years. Yeah. And I haven't watched all of it. Um, but, yeah, I know it is a very, very good show. Timothy Oliphant just does a really, really good job as that character. When I watched the first two seasons, I binged them. It's very bingeable, that show. Yeah. it's it, You get sucked in. It's a very good show. Cool. That's, uh, yeah, he loves it. It's his number one. He had a ton of honorable mentions. Okay, go through them quick. He said honorable mentions because I didn't finish or just didn't make the cut. Uh, Arrested Development. 
that's always on people's top ten lists. Yep. I just wasn't a huge fan. I watched the original, some of the original series. I don't think I've watched all of it. It's really funny. It's really funny. I love the whole entire cast, especially Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman's good, but I think Michael Sarah Michael Sarah's is amazing. a phenomenal character. I just, for whatever reason, never connected with that show. I didn't either. And I don't know why. So, Arrested Development, Home Improvement? Yeah, I mean, a, Classic. a great sitcom, again, um, wouldn't be on my top ten, but very good sitcom. Parks and Rec. Yep. Law and Order and Law and Order SVU. I mean, hard to argue there because that show's been forever and it's yeah. amazing. It's compelling. You could sit down and watch it's episodes like, from the early 90s and get sucked right in. You wouldn't even know it. It's like the perennial show. And it's super good. And it's I actually I think SVU is the better. I, I agree. Yeah. Actually, I loved Law and Order, Law and Order uh, Criminal Intent. because the, Which one was that? So Law and Order was Criminal Intent. Was that the one with Intent, Ice-T? No. He's on SVU, right? Law and Order Criminal Intent had, uh, oh, oh, gosh, I can't think of his name. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, Kingpin. That was really good, Criminal Intent. I the like original that. first like three seasons of Criminal Intent had Vincent D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio, yeah. however you say it, and another lady with him. And it was by far my favorite because he's such a good actor. That ran for like 10 years, Criminal Intent. Yeah, but it, they switched it up because then they started having like other main characters so where like vincent d'onfrio and uh d'onfrio and then that other lady that was his partner would be in like an episode and then the next episode would be two different people and then they'd be in another episode and then like two episodes they wouldn't be and i didn't like it after that because i think it was because vincent d'onfrio was getting big and going to different things I mean, SVU has uh, Mariska Hargitay. Yeah, she's great, and, and that's been the, a that's been running not as long as Law and Order, obviously, but it's been like uh, the longer. second longest running. Oh show yeah, yeah. Than just Law and Order. Ice T, and then uh, Richard Belzer, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, Christopher Maloney, who's phenomenal and happy. Uh, so that that was a yeah, that was two of his honorable mentions, and then he had that '70s show. Yeah. Okay. Dexter. Which I was gonna have in my I, top ten. I watched all of Dexter. The last two seasons really fall off. They um, do, but that is a really good show too. Really love Dexter. I was obsessed with that. A- Amy and I watched a lot of Dexter. I agree. I wouldn't put it in my top ten, but a very good show. Family Guy, not on I mean, my list. I love Family Guy. It's hilarious, but definitely not. No Fargo, very good. That's Far- a, that's one I considered big time, and I didn't know I was going back and forth because again, every season's a different story. Yep. But, but the first season of Fargo loved it. Um, actually, my favorite season was the one with Ewan McGregor. I think it was the third season. I haven't seen it. Oh. I've only seen the first two. Uh, and then he had Snowfall. I don't even know what that is. It came out either last year or the year before, and I only watched the first two episodes. They didn't catch me, but he, he really loved it. I and never. he said, might, might end up much higher. First two to three seasons. Oh, this was a different one. He said, Snowfall, and then in parentheses, might end up much, much higher. But it it didn't, because maybe it's not over yet, apparently. So God, I forgot that's how good Fargo is, because every season is so... I think it gets better every season. Really? Because there was the one with uh, Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst. Uh, that was super good. The first one, I think, was Martin Freeman. Was yeah, in. Martin Freeman. And then was it the second one that was Billy Bob Thornton? Yes. Second season, or yep. was that second with... season? 
No, that no, was the first season. That was with the fir- that was in the first season, but I think he was in the second season too, wasn't he? No. The second oh, season was, was the one with uh Kirsten Dunst and, and then there was one with Colin Hanks. I can't remember yeah. them all. Man, that show's amazing. That should probably be my top ten. I'm, the, I might adjust Fargo into my top ten. Yeah, it's really good. And then he had uh, the first two to three seasons of Gotham. Yeah, it's a good show. Which is, it is really good. I haven't really kept up with that, but I did watch the first I have not, three seasons. I've, I've watched probably the first three or four seasons. I, I'm, I'm about a season behind on that. And but then he put as... Good- I want to tell you on Gotham, um, the, what they do with the Penguin and the guy who plays yeah. him, incredible. Really, really great. And he was like a no-name guy until that show. No, I don't think that's true. I had never seen him in anything. I'd never even heard of him He's definitely before that been show. In stuff. Um, uh, he had Guilty Pleasures as well, which I guess would be honorable mentions, but it, just Guilty Pleasures that he loves to watch. Oh, okay. I thought you meant that was a show. I'm like, I've never heard of No, him. no, no. Guilty Pleasures, is these are the shows that he likes to watch but didn't want to rate. Uh, he had Wilfred. Oh, I loved super Wilfred. good show. Loved that. I love that show. Is it still going? No, no I don't it's think over. so. And I'm a really big fan of Frodo. Can't remember his name. I can't either. But I love him in Sin City too. He's creepy. In that. So there's Wilfred Baskets. I love Baskets. I've never watched it. It's really good. Alcatraz. I ne- I don't I've never seen that. The Resident. I've never seen that. Never heard of it. Nope. Yellowstone. Nope. And Dateline. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, that he said, Harf will likely vomit if he saw this list, which you've seen the list and are not vomiting. No, no. I mean, I, I feel like we, we, uh, shit on Gotham, but it's a good show, man. I don't shit on it. I mean, I think the first two to three seasons were good. I didn't follow it after that. So I'm not sure. Maybe I know he there was, was a big one OC fan because he that was. guy. Okay. There you go. He was. It's the guy from uh, the OC yeah. in it yep. and he's super good in it. Yeah, he. I Robin know. Lord Taylor plays the penguin, and he's definitely been in other stuff. I've never seen him in anything else. Uh, but then he said uh, he also said that Firefly has always been a big topic on the Big Bang Theory. Really? Yeah, I watched the Big Bang Theory, but I've never really. He said it's a continuing topic on the Big Bang Theory about it being unjustly made into, canceled. Yes, yeah. and having more seasons. I agree. Absolutely. I had a, a high school student from Manuka tell me that he had never heard of Firefly or Ed and is now going to go back and watch those. Yes. And I said, absolutely. You need to do that. Firefly Firefly. and Ed. I think Firefly's on a different level. He watches flash all the time. So he knows Tom Cavanaugh, uh, but didn't really know of anything he'd done before. And Ed was a very, very good show that you need to watch. But Firefly is just, I just love Firefly. I'm so glad you told me about that show. Because it was, it's. I want to go. So I'm going to go. Re- I've rewatched it probably three or four times, but I'm going to watch it again. Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Cavanaugh um, is amazing, but he was. There was a little show. Um, it didn't run very long. Called um, I think it was called Love Monkeys. I um, feel like I heard that. Oh, you said it in the last the last show. Oh, remember he was in that show Eli Stone too. I don't remember that. That show was good too. Love Monkey, yeah. I think it only ran for one season. I don't really remember it, but he was like an ad exec. That was a good show. Is that where like it's a monkey that gives love advice? No, it was based off of a book, I think. <laughs> I like how he just threw that out. Like, <laughs> no, of course not. It was <laughs> what he did right after Ed. 
Okay, it wasn't a A music scout gets fired from his corporate job and gets a job at a small indie label. That's what it was, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Love Monkey, then. Um, Mm -hmm. It was based on a book, I'm sure of it. Maybe like whoever the guy is that wrote like High Fidelity or something. I have no idea. You're losing me here. Anyway, beside the point, Tom Cavanaugh is great. So that was David's top ten you know what else honorable is a good mentions show and guilty pleasures. That I liked. Well, there's a show right now that I really like called Suits, which is super good. I know it. I'd never watched it. And there was another show on USA. USA kind of rocks it with these shows. Really? Um, they have one. Yeah, because Psych was on there. I loved Suits is on there. Psych I like that. Good. They had one called Royal Pains that ran yeah. for several seasons. That was a good show. That's really good too. That's with the doctor. Yeah, I think that got canceled or it's over. Or maybe it just ended, but it ran for a while. Yeah, it could have. Anyway, so there's our. I mean, unless you have more, no. you wanted to talk about. That was just a little update on that. Um, a continuation of the TV topic. Uh, I let, but again, like Chris said earlier, we really love feedback on this stuff. It's fun to hear from you guys on these topics. That's awesome to see another top 10 list that we can comment on. If anybody else wants to tell us their TV shows, we'll absolutely talk about it because TV shows are like the driving force of our livelihood, (laughs) (laughs) right? I mean, it's everybody sits down and watch TV, you know, and like TGIF was huge when we were kids, right? Everybody sat down to watch the Friday night Full shows house. and to, you know, it was oh, like the beginning of my, the weekend. I got to put that on my, what I was watching. And that was really, it's really influential to people. It, you don't have that TGIF anymore because of Netflix and streaming stuff. I wouldn't say that. I think there's a TGIF now. There, there is to a point, but I don't think it's as influential as what it was when we were kids Definitely only because not. you had, that was the only time you had multiple shows in a row that you could sit down with your family and watch all these shows, and everybody laugh together, and get something out of Those it. Those shows had like tens of millions of viewers. Sure, because yeah, it was there was huge. nothing else to do then. No, the new TGIF um, running right now has a really good show on it called Fresh Off the Boat. I'm not a fan of it. I really like that show. I the other two are Speechless, which I don't care for. I've never really watched it. Mm-mm. Child Support, I've never heard of that. Um, I would say the new TGIF isn't an TGIF at all. It'd probably be Modern Family, The Goldbergs, and yeah, um, I, I agree. Splitting up the together, Goldbergs. I think, is the other one. We talked about splitting up together. That's a pretty good one. I should have put the Goldbergs in my top ten. I think because that is a it's a good show. It's an incredible show. You love it. I do. I love that show. I know you do. I just watched the newest episode last night. Yeah, it was really great too because the car <laughs> went off. I love how in the show they'll pause and be like, "This is absolutely true. This happened." Yeah. And last night's episode. He says, he like pauses it, and he's like, this is absolutely true. My sister ran off with her boyfriend. No, it wasn't his sister. He never had a sister. He had an older brother, Eric Goldberg. I'm positive no, he I, said I, my sister. No, he said my sibling. Oh, okay. That was he had an name. older brother, Eric, and he turned it into Erica. Oh. Because he wanted to have a sister in the show. In the show. Okay. That makes sense. Well, it really happened where... They forgot to put like the parking brake on or left it in neutral, and the car rolled off a cliff. It's crazy. And destroyed the car. Yeah. It's this insane. Guy, like, his life was a TV show. <laughs> yeah, and then he talks about how his brother never wanted glasses, and then at the end he shows, like, 30 years later, he's finally wearing glasses, right. even though he, like, ignored it his whole life. It was really – it's a really good show. I love it. How are we up for time, Jerry? Because I'd like to do what, what we've been watching. Yeah, hour and 40 minutes. Perfect. Yep, what have you been watching? So I watched uh, a new a movie that came out on Netflix. 
it took me a couple days to watch just because it's not family friendly whatsoever. It's not a, like good for children to be around. Like this is definitely adult movie. It came out on Netflix just a couple weeks ago. I think it's relatively new. It's called Polar, mm-hmm. and it's about a an assassin. So he's an assassin, works for a company, and he's getting ready to retire. The big deal is is that when you get ready to retire, apparently everybody after they've retired has been killed. And nobody knows really, like once you start the movie, you don't really know who's killing these people or why they're dying. They unravel that through the episode or through the movie. I'm not really going to give that away. But they but, have like an it's like a retirement plan. Yep, they've got a retirement plan from this company. From the company they are assassins for. Yes. Did you watch it? I did. Yeah, because oh, you told okay. me to. How did you feel about it? I didn't. I, I I shouldn't say I watched it. I started it. Okay. At night, and I I didn't make it through. I probably watched here's here's the first what, quarter of it. Here's what caught my attention with this movie is that once you start watching it throughout the movie, it's it reminds me of like a Sin City and a Kill Bill. Yeah. style of movie in a way uh but but then again like a regular movie too i don't know how to explain it any better than that it's got qualities of what sin city was it's got qualities of a kill bill in the way they frame things and how they like uh will all of a sudden like splash something on the uh, on the tv to show you like who they're talking about like have big block letters you know and things like that but uh, I mean, it's a comic book movie. Yes, it's based ba- off a comic based book. on a graphic novel. And they they uh, make Victor the movie Santos. that way. It 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 feels like in the way that I would say happy mm-hmm. is kind of, it's kind of similar to that in style. Um, but the movie is maybe more movie like, and it it's is. not as um, comic booky. But it definitely has those qualities. Yeah, it's it kind of feels like a Kingsman type yeah, vibe, like which is Kingsman. also based on a comic. It's very graphic yeah. in what they do in the in the movie. Johnny Knoxville, in it. Yeah, that surprised me when I saw him. It's weird. It's it's interesting. Okay, I only it is got, a weird film. I'm I not saying got, this is the greatest ever, but I enjoyed it. I only got about a quarter of the way into it. It, it caught me at first at the very beginning. I'm not going to lie. First of all, it's got an awful trailer. I've never watched the trailer. Well, we watched it before I started watching it because I wanted Marley to watch it to see if she'd be interested in staying oh, okay. up to watch it. And she watched it, and she's like. Um, that was an awful trailer. <laughs> I never saw the trailer, so I don't know. So the, don't go off the trailer. The, yeah. the movie's better than the trailer. It caught me at first because I thought, man, like it seemed like the production quality was kind of low. A little bit, but I think it was on purpose. I don't know. I think it was a budget thing. But, you think so? But then you don't really notice it once the movie starts at all. No, you don't. And it's it's not meant to be a high produced like highly produced movie no i don't think so but the main character mad mickelson mads mickelson he's been in a lot of stuff he's always been the yeah, bad guy the actors in it were all he, recognizable i love the fact that he's like so quiet and reserved and just doesn't do much he's just trying to he's just trying to retire what's he That's, the black russian or something yes no not russian it's something else kaiser yeah. the black kaiser. the black kaiser i mean russian yeah isn't that a russian thing uh um, german the german. german thing Kaiser. Anyway, anyway, he's he's very reserved and like all he's trying to do is retire and then crap starts happening and he's not going to let it. Yeah. I got to finish it before I'm The well, it didn't really hold my attention too much, I'm not going to lie. But once you get to the end, 
there's there's an underlying story in this movie not just about him getting ready to retire but there's an underlying story to this movie that towards the end once it comes to like fruition and it all comes out and it's right at the end of the movie that you finally realize what's going on is really cool okay i I like it a lot and it it took me i didn't i didn't see it i didn't see that this was going to happen like i didn't picture that this is how it was going to end uh it's really neat i I really like it because him and another character i think i got hints at that storyline but i didn't watch it long enough okay well that storyline's happening Uh, there's an underlying storyline that has been throughout his whole life that you just don't even know about really yet uh and how they tie it together is is really neat well i'll finish it because i'm definitely a fan of adult-oriented, rated-R graphic novel movie adaptations. And that's this movie. <laughs> that's what this is. I mean, it is uh, similar yeah. to a Sin City or Happy, where they're taking a very adult graphic novel, not not a comic, but a graphic novel, and they yep. adapted it into a movie. Yeah. So. so that was one of mine. Go ahead. Um, you could Did you one. have more? I've got one more. Okay. I went to the theaters with uh, on a snow day. We had a snow day. Was it Monday? Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the kids and some of my friend's kids, and we went to see Bumblebee. Oh, you did? So kind of a comic I'm... book adjacent movie. I don't yeah. know if that was... I mean, I know it's a comic now. I don't know if it's... St- it started as a toy line, right. and then became a TV show, and yes. then spawned many movies. So I watched... There's three tr- Transformers movies, right, before this? There were three, uh, yeah. At least. Two Shia LaBeouf and one um, Marky Mark. five. No. There's like Dark Side of the Moon, right? Or Dark Side of the something? Yeah, Transformers movies. Anyway, there's two with Shia LaBeouf and one with Marky Mark, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, I only ever saw the first one. Okay, I've seen all of them. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't really care for the Mark Wahlberg one. Um, everybody said that. Okay, so there was Transformers, mm-hmm. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Okay. Transformers Dark of the Moon. Yes. Age of Extinction. Yes. And The Last Night. Five. There's five. I knew there I was five. I had no idea. So who is in all those movies? No idea. I don't remember. There's not... There are movies that you can watch on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I only ever saw the first one, maybe the second one. They're not made to remember. Were those Michael Bay movies? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they weren't very good. Most of them aren't. So, they're, like I said, they're fun to watch at the time. Like they're fun. It's not anything you're going to remember or get anything out of. Well, anyway, we'll put those aside because I'm not. A, so I'm basically saying I'm, I've never been a fan of Transformers. Yeah. In any aspect, really. I love the character of Optimus Prime. I liked the character of Optimus Prime. I liked the '80s cartoon. I watched it as yeah. a kid, but yep. I didn't get too in depth into it. Wasn't a big fan of the movies. Anyway, wasn't too jazzed about to see this, but it just gets such, it was getting such amazing reviews. Yeah, um, I think it's like a ninety percent on. Rotten Everybody's Tomatoes. loving it, and so anyway, I'm like, okay, we'll see it. I was trying to lobby for Aquaman pretty hard, but the kids wanted to see. Bobby. Oh yeah, so we went and saw it, and I. I Went in expecting a lot, I think, because of the reviews. Oh. And I'm not going to say it was bad. Um, I enjoyed it as a movie, as a popcorn flick. I wouldn't have gone to the movie theater to see it. Okay, so it's falling into the same... It's No, no, no. It's it's a world above and better than the other ones. Because it's not like the big 
uh, robots smashing up a city okay. type movie. Yeah. It's a small story. Oh. So if there's anything intriguing about it, it's that. It's a very small family-oriented story. Um, with And John Cena's in it. He's pretty good. The main character, I don't know the girl's name. It's a girl. Um, I can't remember her name. Anyway, she's in it. Um, but it's basically she finds Bumblebee. He yeah. doesn't have any really memory for whatever events that they explain at the beginning of the movie. Exposition, okay. exposition, exposition. <laughs> yeah. Forced down your throat. Yeah. And then it's basically like the government's after him and the Decepticons are after him. And But it they don't ever turn it into like the big spectacle Maybe a couple places there's like the big battle scene, yeah. you know, but you got to have some. You're going to oh, have to have overall, some. Overall, it's a it's a pretty small story. I will say one thing. It's set that's is cool. One, it's set in the 80s. Okay. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, it's set in the 80s. Two, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Oh, okay. It's set to 80s music. That's really great. Like Guardians of the Galaxy style. Yeah. Where they took like um it's very John Hughesy this movie and they even pay homage to John Hughes a lot in the movie. No kidding. Like particularly. See, that makes me want to see it more. They specifically have scenes from The Breakfast Club. Wow. That are then reenacted in the movie. Like yeah. on purpose. Yeah. So it's definitely there's a lot of throw out throwbacks to um to him. Mm-hmm. Um John Hughes. And then the soundtrack is very that, very 80s, just what you expect, and great. The one thing I'll have with it that I didn't care for is like, okay, you're going to do all that. You're going to make it set in the 80s. You're going to make this awesome soundtrack. And why not film it so it looks like it's in the 80s, like Stranger Things did? Yeah, they didn't do it that way. No, no, it's really sharp, very, very visually good. Yeah. The cinematography and everything. But I, I wish they would have almost like, Made it look like Stranger Things. You know when you watch Stranger For Things, sure. you're you feel in like that. you're in. It was the seventies or eighties. You feel like you're in that time period. Yeah, and it isn't just the costumes and the cars. It's, no, it's how the they way film it's filmed. It. Yeah, they film it like an eighties movie. I wish they would have done that here, because that eighties scenery and the music is it feel feels a little out of place with the high quality production yeah. value. Yeah, I can understand that, Grant. Uh, is obsessed with Bumblebee. Really? And he's wanted, he, he loves it. He's just not aware that there's a movie out right now. I don't think it's out anymore, is it? Yeah, it's still out. It's still it's out. It's like towards the end of its run. Yeah, I should take him to go see it because he would absolutely love it. You could totally it. go and you would enjoy it and you'd have fun. Yeah. But it was nothing spectacular to write home about. I was a little puzzled. That was the one I mentioned before because I was puzzled why it got 90-something on Rotten Tomatoes. But the audience score is down in like the 60s. So it's really? flipped. Usually, they so the have, critics have it way above. Yeah, usually it's the opposite. Wow, so especially you, with a movie like that. Exactly. So I don't know if it's getting. I don't want to get political, but I don't know if it's because it's a female lead. If it's right. getting a little over, amped. Could be. Could be, or could be not. I don't know. It's not a bad movie, but it's definitely not as good as what they've hyped it to be. Okay. But it's a good one to sit at home and watch with the kids on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering is if I just, I just need to wait, I feel like. I feel like, like I, I went back to date myself two formats ago because <laughs> now it's just streaming. Yeah, it's just streaming, basically. So and stream Blu-ray's it. Even don't run out. out to the theaters. Stream it. If anything, just for the amazing soundtrack and the little Easter well, egg John what, Hughes throwback stuff. That's kind of what's drawn me to that movie big time is that kind of stuff because I love that. Yeah. I love really good soundtracks and music in a movie because I feel like it can really make a movie better. They have a really good mix of the cinematic score 
and then also the pop 80s songs yeah that's really great so that was cool um anything else you got i have one it's not uh, anything i've only seen about four episodes so far it's called sex education oh i I saw that on there it looks looks interesting it is an interesting premise again it's a it's It's kind of a teen comedy right it is it's adult oriented um but it is kind of teeny you know it's like a british teen comedy um dramedy i guess because there is like a dramatic tone to it too uh it's just about this this kid he's in high school i think he's a sophomore kind of a nerd he's not really paid attention to much at all in school and they have these different like uh like groups of kids you know like cool kids and the one girl that everybody's scared of because she's so out there and so crazy it's very tropey um but he his mom is a is a sex therapist that's her job she does really weird things in their house um she's divorced and has like gentlemen callers over relatively regularly um he has some of his own issues that his mom just freely talks about with him and it's weird it makes him feel weird it just it's a strange thing to watch uh between a mother and son when they talk about that stuff but then when he gets to school the whole deal is like uh th- there's just a lot of high school sex basically going on in the school it's not realistic <laughs> one bit but they realize that he has an ability to be a therapist okay and so then they use him and say like you can use this really crazy freak girl that everybody's scared of but she's su- still super cool but she just doesn't want to be friends with anyone she realizes that he has like a skill to be this therapist and says like there's so many people in the school that could use your help and uh and you could make money off of this like you could start charging people to be their therapist and he starts to get into that role basically. And it's just about him. Like I've only got to the point where he is like finally accepting this role as a sex therapist in high school. And, uh, it's fun. It's just funny. It's kind of funny to watch him be weird about it and everybody else be weird about it. Uh, they go to this like abandoned part of the school that, and he sits, he'll sit in a, like a empty bathroom stall and then the pe- the other person that he's doing like the therapy session on will sit in a bathroom stall next to him so they don't have to look at each other like and talk. Yeah, kind of. And then they talk about their problems and he's going to help them through that. The first couple times he fails miserably because he gets nervous and doesn't know what to do. But he listens to his mom when she's at home doing her sessions and like takes notes and you know to try to get better at it. And it's just fun to watch him struggle. It is like a teen thing. It's like a coming of age story in high school, but as a sex therapist, hmm. uh, it's it's I'm, funny. It's not. I wouldn't tell any of you guys to stop what you're doing and go watch this show by any means. But if you're bored, looking for something that you know you can watch one episode a night and waste some time with, I would say to try it. I still need to get further into it. I mean, if you've already seen everything on our top ten list, yeah. Absolutely, and there's David's top 10 so list. much more to watch than this show. But no, I've it looked uh, the trailer looked good. I'll watch it. It is interesting. It's again a, kind of a throwaway show, but yeah. if you've got time to waste, you can check it out. I got two what I've been readings. Okay, so I got more what I've been watching, but I think we're running short on time, so I'll yeah shelve those. Where are we at? 
157. Oh, crap. I wanted to stay under two hours, Jerry. Not going to do it's it. It's not going to happen. No. We're going to be very close, though. But Hur- we, hurry up. Anyway, um, I've been watching, I've been reading, rather, uh, Batman White Knight. And this is one that has been the, one of the top selling books for the last year. I need to read this. So when you finish it, immediately give it to me. Yeah, I'm taking it on vacation because I'm about three quarters of the way through it. I got the whole graphic novel. Yep. So the whole run. And it's kind of a one off. It clearly doesn't exist in the regular mm-hmm. Batman universe. Um, I will say the first, it took me a little bit to get into it. Okay. Um, so I started reading it on Comixology because you get the first two issues free. Yeah. On Unlimited. Yeah. Um, by the way, in the future episode, I'm going to do a review of Comixology Unlimited because I have a lot of issues with it. Oh, you do? I'm not a big fan at this point. Oh. I so would like anyway, to know these. I finally got through the two issues and then they do the whole, oh, that's it. That's right. all you get. And it's the same price to buy it on there as it is to just buy the graphic novel from Amazon. So I just bought it. And then I read it, the actual book, and it's so much easier to read the actual book. Okay. Especially with how the art is. So I would definitely recommend. Yeah, some of these these comic books don't lend themselves to a digital format very well. I I read back the first two issues in the physical copy. Yeah. And... I have to say, I picked up so much more, and it was so much easier to follow the story. Gotcha. But anyway, after like the first issue, or maybe even, maybe even in the second issue, I wasn't digging it at all. Some wow. of it's ridiculous. I mean, the premise of it's ridiculous. All right, and I didn't like how they were portraying Batman and his relationship with Batgirl and Robin. And, oh wow! And um, they're doing the Killing Joke uh, origin for Joker, so he's Jack. Is it Jack Napier? Yes. That's from Killing Joke, right? Yes. So they're doing that origin story. So um, anyway, the premise of this is Batman essentially is gone off the deep end and kind of, do you want me to, I can delve into it, right? Yeah. He's gotten a little unhinged. Anyway, so just for the quick, I don't want to spoil spoilers on this. So he goes a little off the rails and beats the crap out of the Joker, like near nearly to death. And so the whole backdrop of this book is clearly written, and it's very political, but it's clearly written with the whole, like, protest movement, Black Lives Matter. That's what this book is about in in its core. Okay. Okay. So the Joker ends up, gets on the right meds, and he turns basically good. Okay. Um, And then he's like, I'm going to be the one to save Gotham from batman because batman's causing all this devastation and destruction um he's causing there's this there's this underground power elite the elites the one percent because the whole 99 it's like a conglomeration of the whole 99 percent move or one percent movement yeah and black lives matter kind of all slammed all in one one. and it's like oh they these elite are getting rich off the destruction of batman and they go in and these poor neighborhoods and that's where the crime is and Batman destroys the neighborhoods and then they come in with that Gotham emergency rebuilding fund and they rebuild those neighborhoods and they gentrify them and wow. it's going in and that like so anyway he appeals the Joker appeals to all the disenfranchised yeah of like that would be like the south side of Chicago but like the south side of Gotham, Gotham yeah. all these people and he basically gets propped up as like a candidate to like fix it and he's got a big lawsuit against batman and against gotham city police department and that's the kind of backdrop of the book 
Um, but there's obviously a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. So at, at first I didn't care for it too much, but then I really started to get into it and I'm really enjoying it. The art is really amazing. They do some really cool things with, um, Harley Quinn. Really? And like, oh, she's in it. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's some twists and turns there and you're as a Batman animated series fan, you're going to yeah. love it. That's good. Um, okay. So I'm not going to give that part away because you love don't. it. Yeah. There's a lot to like, and the art's amazing. And now that I'm getting more into it, I'm really enjoying the story and everything where it's going. It's ridiculous that obviously the Joker's like well, right. a you political candidate when, it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But anyway, it's really enjoyable. It's definitely something everybody should check out is Batman White Knight. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I've, I've always wanted to read it. I mean, I it's like you said, it's been like a top comic book of this whole year. Yeah. And I got uh, Dark Knight's Metal too. That's going on vacation with me, and a brand new copy of Jupiter Jet. It's going. Oh, on you got with Jupiter me. Jet, huh? Yeah, up oh, like a solid copy of yeah. it. Yeah, I got, nice. Got the combo. That's or what the I mean. trade paperback, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, totally into it. Awesome. That's over now. It's done. Yeah. Well, they might do a second run. I really? Yeah. Well, they're. If they're it going, gets funded, they've said on their podcast they're going to. They want to. They want to, but I just didn't know if it would ever happen right. anytime soon. Now they're doing science. We can ask them. We will ask them when we yeah. interview them. Yep. So anyway, again, we I'm going on vacation, but we are definitely having an uh, uh, amazing content next week. So you guys got to check it out. We got our top ten Marvel movies. This is the event of a lifetime, and we're actually going to drop uh, quite a bit of content because there's two. There will be two episodes dropped next week. Next week, Tuesday and Thursday, probably. Yes, so. that's the idea. So, if you are listening to this one, hopefully you listen to the whole thing. Uh, next week, you're going to have a couple episodes to listen to. Um, like I said, it's a lot of content we're going to throw out there, uh, but you got you just going to have to keep up, man. Yeah, and by the way, comment, subscribe, leave us a review, like us. We're sending David and Tony stickers. Yeah, because they participated in the show. If you want a sticker, participate in the show. And you'll get them. Yep. All right. All right. See you later.